This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. Welcome to Thursday East Down episode 170 and it's me Gary P and of course the Prof Carl Riley. <sighs> I had to drag Prof from the grave to get this done today, dreading it all week. In fairness, not too happy about myself but um need to stretch the small talk out as far yeah. as we can. Yeah so like the song went, uh, if we could turn back time. So tricky one Prof. Small talk really quickly, if you could turn back time, what would you do? Well, we kind of have, we're going to talk about that later with Flora in terms of like, could Brazzer have done something different? We won't get into it right now, but. We won't delve too deep into it, but. Um, yeah, the small talk prof, oh, I'm officially single jabbed. And Both bleeding time. I felt like I got hit by a bus that night. So I decided to have a couple of beers, just watch. She went out, so I was on my own, sitting down, just chilling out. Watching a couple of old movies, and I was actually watching Cocaine Cowboys on Netflix, which is very, very cool. Watch it; it it's it's insane. The name alone, alone I'm intrigued. It's insane. It's about the cocaine, the influx of cocaine by, uh, by guys in Miami in the 70s and 80s. Jesus Christ! It was insane. It's fascinating that it actually happened. Check that one out. But yeah, so got me jab, and genuinely, I felt like someone just gave me deadness for like half an hour. Just punch me in the arm. Ah, that happens to everyone, yeah. Just yep. a dead arm the next day. So I'm not scheduled in for a second jab, but I will. So I'm officially only half a vaccinated filth bag. <laughs> so, yeah, Prof, it's a bad, bad week. We're going to talk about the hoops. Unfortunately, going out of Europe on the Cup. And we have a new edition of LOI Curious, Prof. Remember that one? We thought we gave it up because we were fed up of Barstoolers being bellends. <laughs> so... We're going to move on where our Player of the Year series continuing with 84-85 award winner. So that means it's Winston meets Pat Bourneprof. There you go. So two interviews this week. Neither of them done by me for mm-hmm. a change. Prof has been given the night off, the week off, the whole lot because he's been fucking, he's fed up with this Rover scene. But we have to get our sponsors in, of course, then their credit. Absolutely fantastic, guys. Why are they fantastic, Prof? Because they got your back. So we have Ocean Electrical as well, of course. What do you? What can we more can we tell you about Ocean Electrical? They are the premier electrical company. Check them out. Just not for lamps. Right, so most COVID restrictions, Prof, in Ireland, they're set to be gone by October 22nd. And I made a sneaky little phone call to Nolan's coaches today. And I said to Big Joe, I said, Joe, officially, the buses on the street, the Dublin buses, are 100%. Yeah, you can actually sit beside people yes. again. Yes, and I said to him, so, technically, private buses are just the same. He goes, no. If you ever talk to Joe, no, 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 no. So he said no uh, The 6th So what are we now So how many days off are we Or are we Or five days off or A couple of days off When it comes to Friday Of having a full bus Which we would have had We had the, we had the numbers We've been up and down Fluctuating But we definitely have the numbers We can only have 41 and a 54 So unfortunately That's how it is We have to stick to that But you can get on a bus 
with loads of people, full to the brim, on a Dublin bus, but that private bus, owned by an individual who's probably worked all his life to get a company going, can only have a certain amount on that bus. What is the difference? I didn't know that, no. I had that conversation with him today. I said, Joe, what's going on? <laughs> so, <laughs> sounds like a very one-sided conversation if he's just making those grumbly noises. Uh, um, well, how does that make sense? How does that make sense? It doesn't. It's in, it's insane. I thought public transport is just transport. We're, uh, we're having we're having a contradiction section on this about COVID regulations every single week now. Yeah. But that one really annoyed me because I've got people who are missing out on the bus now. You know, we gotta mm. we gotta go obey the regulations. I don't know about you, but I haven't really had um, like a proper night out around and since like the you know the pubs are reopened. Yeah. And, like I haven't even shown my my vaccine passport to anyone for anyone any reason so far, but. Uh, there was a work thing on uh, Friday night, Bingo Loco. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. I've heard of that. That yeah. is a crazy raffle interactive show in town, isn't it? And you win it's, stuff bingo, isn't it? Like it's, it was like a smaller scale of that, basically, because it was only in the Red Cow Inn. Okay. So How'd you get on with that? It was, it was decent. But the, the host had a mixed reception to him. <laughs> the, the girls loved him. The fellas thought he was a gobshite. What, what was his name? For the most part. I don't know his name. But he was up for it because it was like, yeah, it's my first like time doing this in eight months. So he was very happy. And he drew attention to my table. Oh, and no. you'll, you'll know why I'm bringing this up, Gary. Oh, no. He goes, oh, I see we have half the cast of the in-betweeners. Oh, in my tonight. God. Did you glass him? <laughs> but you know why I laughed at that, Gary? Why? <laughs> the bus to Bray. I know it sounds strange. We got a bus to Bray. But, but like- it, it was for the league winning night. In 2010. And was it Butler or was it Kenny B? Butler. Was Butler 100% it? Butler. I remember him yeah. standing up yeah. and pointing his finger at you yeah. blatantly and going, so, oh, stand, stand up there. Stand up. He made yeah. you stand up. He looks like Will from the in-betweeners. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie yeah. McGrath behind me, he's just going, I'll leave him, leave him. <laughs> I've said that to people since. I'm like, you don't really though. Ah, oh, Brilliant. Brilliant. No, you're more of a you're more of a who's that American pie? We used to always say. Oh, um, your man, your man that gives Stifler's ma one. No, the he he goes off with Stifler's ma. That guy. Yeah, that's who I always used I to think he was... looked like. No, well, it's good to even get all the Stifler's ma. <laughs> but yeah, so you've you enjoyed your night out anyway. I've had a few myself. I've been going with the restrictions and uh, the the big night out I had was in Belfast. It was ten years. I was married. Uh, two weeks ago and we out in Belfast and it was a free for all I felt like I was in Crumlin I met most of the people I know so you're in this place called Granny Annie's or Fanny Adams I'm not sure what it was called but we're in the middle of the place and then people are on tables they're giving it laws they're having a great time so restrictions are totally totally out the window up there one of the clear rules of Bingo Loco was actually do not dance on the furniture And you, uh, did so you the, not walk out when you saw so that he goes that's all I'm here I was for. very annoyed by that <laughs> So I was now dancing on tables in my night anyway. Well, it wasn't yours, obviously. Mm, yeah, n- crazy, crazy stuff. Um, yeah, so that is small talk, and uh, we're going to talk about 4,000 being allowed at our next home game against Warford Prof. The rules will be 50% capacity or 74% if everyone attending is fully vaccinated. Um, how are they going to monitor that? It's going to be a tricky one. Well, first of all, 4,000 people are not going to go to the Waterford game. So that, we're not even going to hit 50% You'd there. like to think they would, though, wouldn't you? I don't think so. But it seems like they're going <laughs> to... Yeah, it seems like they're just kind of leaving it up to the sporting organisations, isn't it? 
And the 75% thing, I can't, I can't see League of Ireland clubs attempting to enforce that. That's a big ask. It reminds me of like hot potato, doesn't it? Just kind of throwing it back and forth. Yeah. Don't really want to deal with it. And actually, if you read it closely, it's more of a suggestion. Mm. It's not even like... It doesn't seem to be law. That stinks of our government and what the way they've made decisions throughout this whole thing. They don't mm. want to commit. They don't want to have their hand... To put their hand to be slapped either. Do you know what I mean? Like That's mm. what it seems like. They don't really want to commit to a good good decision or like make a hard decision because they know they could get a slap on, on the wrist for it and that just mm. it reeks of that but last uh, week's tribute to Rennie Prof absolutely fantastic stuff and brilliant the the end of the show was fantastic because he was I think he was giving out he was in the middle of giving out he's like that's a terrible part. that's actually you know that's a good one. <laughs> brilliant yeah. audio it's like Winston for the for the, the Berkey goal oh yeah oh yeah go on eh? yeah, you go yeah, shoot yeah, him yeah, there yeah, yeah. headless chicken what a goal what a goal brilliant stuff and like uh, just heart, heart, like brilliant Ger- the Germans were absolutely fantastic where did you get the monster what was his name Klaus Monster Haller yeah where you, did you get him Yor got him and uh, I that just came out of nowhere I was like oh yeah I've got a radio presenter here I was like okay send brilliant. it on there that was unreal Oh, that was the Renamorium girl. Yeah, Renamorium. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have to come up with a different one every time now. Yeah. Thanks for that. What's the <laughs> next one? I was talking to uh, Pajo at the the European match, and now he told me he, go on. He's had to stop listening to the podcast because the Immemorians are just killing them. Ah, that's not fair. That's an excuse. You found it funny. Some really that's tough him. Gone. That's him being nice to you. He's like, <laughs> fuck, don't listen to these Egypts anymore. Make something up. <laughs> That's what that is. But I've had a great guy. But uh, as we record this, Gary, Ireland are beating Portugal at half time. Right, so we had a bit of an issue in the four provs. Making sure it's your fucking cat. Look, just comes down every time. Sharpened talons trying to sever my arteries. How have we gone from Ireland to the four provinces to my cat? <laughs> right. Can so we circle back here? I'm walking back in, I'm walking into the provs. I was going in to chat to the brewer about Green Ribbon, so keep an eye out for that one. And I wanted to make sure everything was okay after 60 Rovers fans descended on the place uh, for the Bowls game. And as I walked in, all I see is Big Gav absolutely plucking the ball out of the sky. Brilliant <laughs> stuff. And then like you said, Prof, there was a real, real long pause. Oh, man. I don't even, does this count as entertainment just looking at a referee's back staring at a screen for it's, four minutes it's weird isn't it <laughs> especially when you're invested in it yeah that was a very <clears throat> very close call that penalty but um, what a story <clears throat> Gavin Bazunu has denied Ronaldo an international goal scoring record now you might go on to score in the second half but what, like I think the commentary even mentioned that uh, Gav was was in Tata Stadium the night that Ronaldo made his debut for Real Madrid he was he was there as a fan now he's preventing the world record I love those stories what absolutely story. love those stories isn't that insane and especially if Ireland go on to get results here this is going to go global <sighs> what a nice dude and yeah. still chats away to anyone whenever whenever he's seen or he'll still chat away and text on Instagram something like that what a gent and a grounded oh, kid lovely fella such a, such a cool dude um, this game by the way totally snuck up on everyone I didn't know this was happening until this morning. This, yes, exactly. I was like, oh, Ireland are playing Portugal. I was like, fuck, is that like a competitive game? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Jamie McGrath starts. It's like, what yeah. is going on there? That's low-key build-up ever. Yeah. So, Prof, unfortunately, we have to talk about this garbage. Last one there, the floor and Tala. 5-2 on aggregate. That, even, that sounds terrible as well. European dream came to an end. The team, no grace, green, instead of Gaffney and Danny. 
came in for tell. So the build-up prof, um, Danny reckoned we didn't need a miracle, which I mean I agreed, but at the time uh, we were in the four profs. Absolutely brilliant turnout, fair play to everybody that turned out 60, 70 hoops, I reckon. All in there, anticipating the game, and it was really good. Drinking Starrell Pram and Prof, drinking Guinness, drinking Poddle. Mm -hmm. Hopefully drinking Green Ribbon soon enough, but it was <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? It really is perfect pub for watching the points, or watching watching the match. So, uh, the build-up, like we said, Danny said we didn't need a miracle. And uh, local Irish Olympian, Jack Woolley, was in attendance, so uh, fair play to Jack. And hopefully he recovers from his recent attack. Are you talking about the balls game, by the way, the four problems? Because obviously we were, we were at this game. Oh, sorry, Prof. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I was... Uh, it's just been such a shit week. You're just so used to not being at home European matches, Gary. You, <laughs> you thought you watched it on television. <laughs> you got me there. You got me there, Prof. <laughs> Your first in three years. By the way, stay away. Because oh, you're obviously God. a jinx. Yeah, I'm a jinx. You I'm and that jinx. bleeding black jersey. Hate it. Burn the thing. <sighs> just hasn't done us any favours no apologies apologies I actually got mm. late up to this we'll talk about the balls game in a while and I actually had the kids with me I had Moya Moya's first European game she absolutely loved it she was singing along she was like is this what this is where dad goes it's like, why, why hasn't he told me <laughs> this, this is where he's been every this Friday. is Rovers so uh, yeah really happy 3.5 fans Prof Towson and we sold out the place and the atmosphere was absolutely rocking South Stand was hopping really good to get it back into that and the Ultras did a great job as well I have to say yeah, I was I was in the East End just looking over and I was like, I am sick of this East End. <laughs> Shite. Hand in the press pass, bro. I, I'm, Hand going, it in. I'm going back over there. Sick of this now. But um, yeah, just in the team, what did you, you think of Greener starting instead of... Um, I thought it was a surprise, but I think I, that... I had a feeling he would start Greener somewhere on the pitch. But instead of Gaffney, I was surprised by that. We mentioned this though. We mentioned that it's a, it's a game for Greener. And I was mm. going to play him left wing back and play scale centre half. Mm. It was a it was a game for Greener, you know, getting in their face. And but I, I was happy enough. I mean, if we have to we have to manage this squad now because we're we're back to another injury crisis. What does mm. that say about us? Is there any other teams that are going through these injury crises? This is two now in a season. So, um, well, we've talked before about Pat's thin squad, but they they have sort of they brought in a few new faces yeah, to kind yeah. of deal with that. But uh, Greener. Greener started like a house on fire, but, well, then, but then after that he seemed kind of he was quite isolated, wasn't he? Some really over the top criticism. He should have scored in the first half. Didn't have a probably didn't have a great game overall, but some of the criticism is just yeah yeah. That was a um, harsh. the shot you're talking about. Just one that flashed across the goal, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. But the t the thing is, I think the spell that we had in the first think what twenty thirty minutes, like the play the the south down was rocking. We were really getting at them. Couple of good shots, couple of good saves, and it was really, really. We were, we were turning the screw. It was happening. It was happening, and then um, Hor got injured, and that was the end of that. We had to revert to two at the back, at the four at the back. Yeah, Sean Gannon centre back. Four um, at the back killed us. Now I wasn't sure what was going on at the time, what way we were playing. I thought Gannon was actually okay when he came on, but they actually snuck in between behind us twice. Shortly after he came on, yeah, because we were still getting yeah. our getting our yeah. our beardings, getting our marbles together. But yeah. Hor went off, and our shape just fucking collapsed. And they were easily they coped with us a little bit better. So it was really unfortunate, really, really unfortunate. Well, the start of the game, they had most of the possession, which is actually quite strange to watch, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Watch the team have most of the ball in tally. You're so used to watching us try to break teams down, and but before the injury. Was our best spell of the whole match. Mm. It was uh, had Greener drilled one wide. You had the chance I mentioned, 
Uh, Finn and Berkey kind of forced saves from the keeper. Wouldn't, wouldn't call them chances, but they were shots. Yeah. So, best chance of the game. As I said, I was in the East End, and uh, former Tifty's quiz champion guard, James Duna, sitting near me. Jeez, in the East End, was he? Yeah, he was, yeah. The less we say about that, uh, the better. As usual, I was sitting beside the audio described commentary lads. And was it the same as usual, pretty good? Uh, yeah, great stuff as always. Successful fist bump this time. We we actually made contact. For what? What was the fist bump for? For losing one nil? Just to make up for you last make up week. For it. It's like, we have to get this right. One... Two, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Barry is uh, the other gentleman. I hope I'm, hope I'm getting that name right. But um, he uh, he's quite funny on the commentary. He tends to go off on tangents. I like those. Like at one stage, he had a two minute rant about FIFA and Qatar. I like tangents. During this game, Trevor Crowley got mentioned during the game for some reason. <laughs> Crowley ball and spreadsheets. Also, love when a, when a, any time an opposition player goes down injured, he's like he's doing the professional commentary voice. <laughs> And then he'll just stand up and shout, Let him die! <laughs> and he sits down again. In the middle of the commentary. And just puts on the voice again. So you can hear this? Oh yeah. He's not covered up. No. <laughs> Let him die! <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. Sorry. Yeah, so probably we went into the break. And like you said, we had a good, we had a good spell. And But the injury, we just weren't the same after it. So we went into well, the break. They were they were pretty happy to see out the first half. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, they had security because they they didn't sit back, and that's what I admired about. And they actually tried to get at us, mm. and they had the they had the security to be able to do it because they were two 0 up. They could afford to let a goal in, and mm. say, "Okay, well now we can sit back." But yeah, the, it really killed us. So half time, um, no changes at half time. I thought he might have made one or two. Well, like f- five minutes before their goal, their goal came on fifty seven minutes. We had we were starting to build a bit of momentum, weren't we? We had like. I don't know. Was it was it a couple of corners or something? Yeah, we just, I think we, wasn't there a greener shot with the? Yeah, was that before that? He he should have hit it with his right. He just kind of fluffed it with his left. A flick of a shot. It felt it felt like we were getting something yeah. going, and then the goal came. I have to say, this is I watched it. I watched it back, and this is one of the most disappointing goals I've ever seen. Alamanis concede. Doesn't matter about yeah. what what game it was, what stage, or your league, could have been a friendly. This. It, ju- it was just really, really upsetting to see because it's not Alamanis. That's not what he does, you know. Look at his reaction afterwards. He's on his knees. He can't believe it himself. And it was from the literal, like the corner of the box. I'm talking the corner of the 18-yard box on the right-hand side. It was a snapshot because he would nowhere else to go. He didn't fancy taking on our centre-halves. And it went in. I was just like, when that happened, I was just like, ah. Oh. Everything about the goal was horrible. You had, you had Danny Manjoyo's hospital pass which gives it away to begin with. Um, apparently he was injured in the first half, so that may have something to do with it. Not a good week for him, though, but, is it? Uh, yeah, but like he, he gives away the ball there, and two moves later, two passes, and it's in the back of the net. Albeit Al should be saving that. <sighs> but, uh, that was it, though. The second it happened, on, you know me, because my, 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 glass, my glass is always half full. It's game over. Yeah, it kind of just, it was already a mountain to climb. Yeah. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like a gut punch where it was like, I can't believe this has happened. It was just like, okay, that confirms now the game's over. Most of the stadium went dead. Maybe because it was my perspective, I'm in the East stand. It felt quiet. Yeah. Obviously, if you're in the South stand, in fairness, a lot of the lads in there did keep going right to the final whistle. And they kept backing the players. No, I was happy enough. It was it was but, pretty um, good. I mean, it, it, towards maybe seventy five onwards, fans were great. Especially towards the end, we started. We made a few chances. 
and uh, the singing of We Shall Never Die at the end that was phenomenal yeah it's great but um, yeah three three good saves our keeper maker yeah I, I mean he, he made the one the ones into the south stand in particular I think the Richie Tell one Richie Tell full on caught a volley and buried it at and I think he, he took it in the chest but he yeah. really good spread himself well um, scales at a header as well Oh, the greener, the greener chance I was talking about wasn't mm. in the first half. That was in this, that was here, wasn't it? Because it was closer to the south stand. So it was a little flick. All he had to do was put it in with his right foot. Mm. He just kind of flicked it with his left. It was just a, just about trying to salvage some pride at the end there, really, wasn't it? But, uh, uh, yeah, like we say, the fans were in full voice at the end, so that, that was cool. And then the ovation for Scales. Scales, yeah, yeah great. And listen... Apparently all his family are Celtic fans. <laughs> Just as bad as Conor Cairns talking about Pats. It's Pats grannies. For fuck's sake. But yeah, no, Big Ange, the... Um, prof, prof, you pronounce this one, please. What's this now? Just pronounce the Celtic manager's name, please. Uh, nothing. It's, uh, <laughs> so Big Ange had this to say on scales. Liam is a young player who has impressed us and is someone that we think has the potential to have a big future at Celtic. He's an athletic defender who has the ability to play in a number of positions. As I've said before, everyone at the club has been working hard to adapt and quality to our squad and signing Liam. I think again, we have made good progress. We all look forward to welcoming Liam to Celtic and to start working with him. So good to see that they're positive about scalesy. Well, they're giving them the number five jersey, so no pressure Huge. there. Huge. Huge. That's Van Dyke's farmer shirt. Jesus, yeah. And uh, as you say, he went full Robbie Keane in the in the interview. Well, every every boy's dream and all that stuff. But um, yeah, and that was a cool moment. He you can see him as he's on the pitch, looks over his shoulder at the fans, comes back over, gave a young fella in the east stand uh, his jersey, then he walks by the south stand applauding them. Uh, very cool. And that's the I got uh, at the one nil win start last season. Borky threw his training top into Jaden, so now I'm thinking, lovely. That's 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 a bit of a collector's item now. So the scales he training top. There you go. Um, yeah, yeah, great, great send off. Fifty one appearances, four goals, all great goals too. Or recent as well, recent enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, prof. Ultimately, we went out with a whimper, a whimper. I think if the the full whistle should have been. Instead of, a pro, instead of a proper whistle, but uh, do you think we should have changed our approach uh, from home in the first leg? So that's the question, isn't it? Uh, well, the game was lost in the first leg because it left us too much to do. Obviously, I mean, AC Milan, we won plaudits for that one for the way we played. We kept playing out, out from the back. We didn't change our philosophy. Everyone was lavish and praising us. Maldini was praising us yeah. and all. That's okay, but should we adapt when we're playing teams? Because we weren't going to beat Milan. But should we adapt when we're playing teams on a similar level to us who we can beat? And this is the difference between making group stages or not. I think I think tactically we were outdone. Um, Berg, just he, he had the better browser on the day that, that was in it. Mm. And we weren't cute enough. We were too naive and... The, like my biggest my my biggest gripe is that we couldn't score at home against this. At home, that um, wasn't my gripe at all. Because was my, the time was dead for me. No, I just wanted us to go out and have a fucking go and have a pop. Hmm. And that second half was fucking dirt. Well, we didn't score in our best period, which was midway through the first half. That was our best spell. We didn't capitalize. Mm. Absolute dirt. Let's be honest. That second half. But listen, we're gone. We're done. We're dusted. We're gonna move on, prof. Yeah. Well. Yeah, like you said, they were tactically smarter than us hmm. in the right areas. 
I think people underestimate Florida the way you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. People are kind of putting a lot of stock in them being behind Levadia Tal on the table. It's no. got got a lot of games in hand. Three games in hand, and I think they've hmm. what, if they win those three, they've two points. And just because Dundalk beat them, like this Florida team beats any league of our inside. Yeah. This is a good side. Yeah. Their first touch passing is really impressive. And that's that's something that you have to drill in the in the like you either have that or you don't at times. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, sometimes like certain players won't be like Eden Boyle can't play with four touch passes. You know, sometimes those players just can't do it. Everyone in that team was well able. In particular yeah. Sapanen. I'd take some Euro money and buy Sapanen. He he's a hundred goals and hundred and seventy appearances, something like that for, for Flora. Made a move to I think Den Bosch, a couple of other clubs in the round the bigger European leagues and I definitely I'd be looking at him surely we could uh, maybe the, I think the, someone was telling me that the wages might be in around 1500 two grand a month we might be able to get that give him, give him give, stick him in the gaff at the roadstone I, I think we need to go for players like that and then you had the Estonian Carl Shepard running around like a head case he see him did you see him from afar he was Carl Shepard the your man number 37 the L lad or the tor- the 37 year old Oh, the captain. Image he, he, he was number fourteen. He was he was an excellent player. Yeah, fourteen. Sorry, yeah. Very very clever player. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Causes just, all sorts of trouble. Sorry. Uh, we just we just paused recording there because uh, Ireland is still winning after sixty minutes, and Gary just looked at the <laughs> league table or the qualifying table. See, our third, and he just goes, "Ah, oh, we need Luxembourg to lose." <laughs> Prof is just in fits. <laughs> He's like, "This is how far we've fallen." We uh, need Luxembourg to lose. <laughs> that's, you should get that. That's something going to be gravestone. Amazing. Uh, yeah. So so yeah. As for as for Flora from Estonia, um, the argument between fans were kind of were they are they a better team than us, or were they just a better team over the two legs? Better team over the two legs. I think it's hard to judge over two games. You'd have to watch couple of like maybe five or six matches from each team to get a good judge on that you know what I mean and um, they were a better team over two legs that's my that's my consensus and I think that's fair over two legs 100% a better team possibly not overall but um, mm. you could say on our day but listen we had our day and we didn't fucking perform so if you look at the stats which I know can be meaningless but 67% possession 6 shots to 3 on target 6 to 1 off target 8 corners to 2 like that's that's domination. Mm. It was, but they were clinical. They yep. sapping and once score. again they were clinical in the fourth leg as well, prof. Yeah, that's the difference between teams that win the league and teams that go through teams that win cups. They're clinical, and it wasn't us. But it was a big opportunity, and fortunately we let it go. But no. we can we can get back here next year. I mean, that's really opened up our eyes, isn't it? To see how close you can get. Yeah, with a good team, and like this, this is a—it's such a good initiative to get this conference league up and running. And I'm, I'm, I'm can't wait for next season. We've banked a lot of money, and if you throw in the scales transfer, yep, and you throw in a few quid from Mister Bazunu saving a peno. <laughs> but um, yeah, for moving on, sick of this. Pierre Collins, robot. <laughs> He's not real. I actually still haven't watched his back. I just had, I had to describe to me what happened here. Who gives and him his notes? I want to know because he doesn't watch football. Oh no. I want to know who gives him his notes, and I want to you know what someone should do. Let's say I don't know some someone wouldn't be fond of him, but they have to write from and they're retiring. I want them to say absolute madness, and he wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. 
Like you could get him quoting like American quotes. You'd be like, "And oh, yes, and the soccer balls going into the quarter," and he'd say that, and he'd think it's okay because he's a because re- he's he's an idiot. It's like Ron Burgundy always reads what's on the teleprompter. Exactly, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, apparently he was because uh, the during the halftime analysis, you know, about where the panels are based, kind of right at the foot of the sales stand. Yep. Um, so we were singing fuck RTE for the whole half during their analysis. And basically Collins quite childishly at the end of the game you can just see him grinning as they throw the Brads there. Here's Stephen Bradley as Rovers are out of Europe. And also he was kind of going on about how Irish clubs should be getting to the group stages. Which is, what's that based on? It's twisting the knife. Simple. Horrible, horrible yeah. individual. But, um, See the ultras of a drum back by the way That's, Oh love it Yeah, Love the drum I have something planned for Friday prof You have to get you involved On the bus uh, <laughs> Wherever I can get it going <laughs> um, Yeah so Flora got Ghent Partizan and, and Northosis In their group um, Wouldn't we have gotten Union Berlin pra- Prague team and someone else We, we Yeah we would have gotten uh, Maccabi Hyva's group Right Because they, they were in our pot So just to twist the knife even more Yep. To go to go us, take our stomach line and tell me who we would have got. Well, I've actually just written down where we would have gone. <sighs> yeah, that'd be we would have gone to Amsterdam, <laughs> Berlin, <laughs> and, and Prague. <laughs> I love those cities. Okay, well, uh, do you know what? I think I'm better off because, first of all, they're cheap, and second of all, I don't want to die young. So I think I'm okay with that. That was the worst part of all of this. Hmm. The next morning, here in that draw. Yep. And uh, the team from Gibraltar got through. The imps, the imps. Do you remember? Rewind two months ago. At the start of the qu- of the Champions League, and we were saying, "Oh, if we get them, we're laughing." Yeah, and they went through. Was that the red imps? imps yeah, that's what. Um, it, yeah. yeah, so much even by Flora. In fairness, first Estonian team to reach a major European group stage. Although their fans are uh, not very humble, apparently. James yeah. Lowe met someone in town. And he said they just went on about how Shamrock were shit, and they rested players tonight and all. And James said they're a shower pricks. Harrigans can't stand that. That's yeah. where that's the difference between like real football people and the football people that mm. shouldn't be football people. Like I think Maloney, Jason Maloney, friend of the show, he recently he recently spoke about a conversation he struck up about Luton Town, and he said where would we be without football? But those are the people you need to talk to. You can talk to them about any football. On the world, like there's a guy in work that I'd stand, I talked to about Leicester Senior League for I'd say an hour or two. He could easily stand there and just chat about it. And that's I think that's real football, real football fans being able to talk about any football at any level and having some sort of respect. Do you know what I mean? Being able to analyze a different game and say, okay, well this is where you were wrong instead of just a random blanket statement like your shit. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have been able mm-hmm. for that now, Prof. I'd have been biting the tongue. There you go. But like I say, I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. We can get back here next year, hopefully. Brazler has learned some lessons from this. Whether or not he'll change his approach away in Europe, I don't know. But I think he will have learned something from this. Yeah, I'm hoping so. And um, hoping so, hopefully he'll go crack it next year. Because uh, beaten by the better side, or the better side over the two legs, whatever your perspective. But yeah. We'll get the piggy bank up and running, as Ozzy Nate said. So yeah, Prof, here on Gentleman Up Next and LOI Curious. Just a quick little side note on this one, right? Pat's guy and work. Uh, he's involved with their underage setup, and they got into the Champions League, the youth Champions League, right? So 
Kieran Gentleman was wearing a jersey. Anytime someone's wearing a jersey, I don't know the, the team of, I'll say, right, I'm going to guess this. I should have got this quicker, but it was red and white. Took it all day, I heard. And yeah, I was struggling. It had a red star on it. I should have fucking known. It had a red star. <laughs> so I was, I was looking at the sponsor. I was looking at all the little things. I wasn't looking at what I should have been looking at, right? So I'm looking at the crest and I'm like, Jesus, who is this, right? So then the Pats mate texts me and he says, look who we got. And I've been thinking about this crest all day. And he says, look who we got. And he sends me a picture of that. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are the odds? I was like, I'm looking, I'm trying to guess this all day. They got Red Star. <laughs> the from Pats. I was like, that is mind blowing. Blew my mind. But yeah, so this up, next up, we have Kieran Gentleman. Okay, so we're here with Kieran Gentleman. And it's another edition of LOI Curious Prophet. It's been a while. So Prophet's standing by. He's watching me. He's the foreman of the of the podcast today so it's been a long time since we did our segment and uh, we're here to interview someone after the first game Tala, for you Kieran. it was against Flora on Thursday so let's start at the beginning what is your earliest memories football and getting into football and who did you always support um, so growing up I was always a Man United supporter and it was around maybe 5th or 6th class I only kind of became aware of the Irish League because um, League of Ireland rather because that's when um everyone was kind of going who do you support in the League of Ireland so people were saying oh, I should support Bowes because they're better in the league but I didn't want to just go, go for the glory hunter road you know so um, I, I was told it was a good choice <laughs> it was in the end so um, I heard a lot about Shamrock Rovers at the time and I liked and I heard like how they liked to play and Gary Twiggs and the kind of player that I really liked so um, I took an interest in them and it wasn't until uh, I got to see them on TV, I think it was against UCD to win the league. That's when, probably the first time I got to see them and I really liked what I saw. So yeah, that's... I started from the, that was the Dean Kelly, the infamous night prof, where we all invaded yeah. the pitch. So Sivas was sent off. Yes, he certainly was, yeah. and it was never a red, by the way. Yeah. So uh, when did the League Royal, and particularly Rovers, start to get your interest? I mean, what, what really peaked it? Um, I suppose it was when Rovers qualified for the Europa League. I remember watching the second leg against Partizan. Like, just absolutely incredible to watch and Pat Sullivan's goal is my favourite goal ever and um, still insane when you watch it back isn't it yeah, it's ridiculous like, you had no right to score that no, really to no. be fair <laughs> so yeah and then um, obviously with them in the group stage I got to see them on TV a lot more so yeah that definitely would have caught my interest a lot more so most Rovers fans become lifelong supporters because of the first game they were brought to seeing us live. So how strange was it to become a fan during a pandemic and you can only watch online? So you had to wait a year and a half to see your first Rovers game in the flesh and the South Stand, I believe. East Stand. East Stand, yeah. The East Stand, where it all began for us. Yeah. Well, I could hear the South Stand very clearly. I love that bit where you're singing Fuck RTE to the yeah, panel. Yeah, that, yeah. that was brilliant. But yeah, I suppose it was strange enough having to watch League of Ireland on, on a live stream. But yeah, uh, probably worked out better for me because I used to have to depend on like RTE to show a League of Ireland game the rare time that they did so the chance to watch the Rovers game week in week out was great I got to know the team a lot more that way so um, but yeah it was a great experience despite the result just to be in the stadium for the first time ever and Place was rocking, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, it was a lethal. Well, Prof was similar. Prof was the same. Man United fans. Me and Prof, we kind of we kind of shared interest growing up. He was United. We were both pretty much United, but then I deviated to Middlesbrough, to Leeds, <laughs> to Prof was in there for a while. I was Dortmund. I was just we never really found clubs ourselves. And then when Rovers came along, it was a it was a match made in heaven. But 
um, he, he's eventually seen you light, made you seen the light. It's a barrage of stats, and I think he's just he's pummeled you into submission really to to, to come along. So, do you think it's difficult to get so-called barstoolers to give League of Ireland a chance? And what's the attitude and work when you pretty much end up talking about Rovers? Um, yeah, it's definitely hard to get barstoolers, as you say, to gain an interest in League of Ireland. Unfortunately, a lot of my friends fall into that category where they go, oh, League of Ireland is shit, but they've probably never watched a single minute of it. Um, I suppose the only way you're going to get them to matches is if the more teams qualify for group stages. But again, it probably just depends on who they get. Like, you know, they're not going to come out and watch Rapid Vienna or someone. Um, what's, what's the rest? We, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it is like when it does come up, I've, I'm in that boat as well. You come in, you talk about rovers, you have people, they kind of fob you off and. The, it's yeah. it's the the general attitude isn't great towards it. They kind of patronise you. So I think mm. I think at one stage myself and the prof just decided, you know what? Let's just enjoy what we have. Let's stop trying to convert people. But we've decided to give you another go here, Kieran. So, <laughs> was there any other Rovers fans in your ship? Um, there'd be a few of them. All right, I suppose. Like there's a few who'd say they'd follow Rovers, but they're more bar students, as you say. But um, yeah, we ha- we do have great conversations about. Rovers and League of Ireland in general on the break so yeah I think the next right. step is to get you to an away game now get you on this Tifty's bus but do you reckon we convert com- convert anybody else and uh, the, Black, the Black Forge players they can fuck off anyway <laughs> that is always hope I suppose yeah the prof tells me a regular listener of the podcast and he knows what your favourite part is and <laughs> I was speaking to another gentleman on the floor here earlier Dean and he was talking about Connor's belly button so <laughs> that was one of his favourite is so uh, tell us would you like to hear more from Connor's Corner definitely definitely you supply the cans yourself oh yeah so most of our listeners are already familiar with the former players we interview and the eras that they're from uh, for you are there all, is there always something new on the podcast with these old stories for you yeah, I suppose like it's great to kind of get that insight into former players and like what their experience and their careers playing for Rovers and all that. Uh, the floor game. So we're going to talk yeah. about this. Unfortunately, it was a, a major, major anticlimax for for everybody yeah. involved. I mean, we had so many high hopes going into it, but we were always against it. Four two down on aggregate. What did you think of the game? Wasn't the best game in fairness. Now, like, I'm disappointing result. My first game in Tala. It had the potential to be absolutely special, but uh, unfortunately it wasn't to be. No. But the atmosphere was brilliant. I think that's probably the most deflated I've been. With the highest expectations that I had, it was the most deflated I've been about a game because normally we'd give it a go. It just it was so, it went out with a, with a whimper, I think, yeah. is what the way me and the prof decided to say it. But, yeah. um, did, uh, what was the highlight of the night for you? Definitely half-time listening to the South Sound singing for Peter team. Collins wasn't too happy, was he? <laughs> No. <laughs> but see, the thing is, he's an actual robot, so that doesn't really matter. He's not real. Um, I think he knows not to come to Tala again. I think so. Yeah. So did you find yourself watching the South Stand a lot and enjoying the atmosphere? And will you be getting a ticket there next time? Yeah, you might do, yeah. Like, join in on the banter over there. Like, yeah. It's great. So your favourite Rover player this last season, and who was it? So who, who have you got? Who's who's taking your, uh, your eye? Who do you fancy? Um, my favourite player at the moment would have to be Gary O'Neill. I think... Um, I just think the work he does in that midfield is so underappreciated. Like I'm not saying that he doesn't get appreciated, but when you look at the last season and this season, the likes of Jack, McInef, Berkey and all that took to all the headlines. I think he just went under the radar a little bit. Definitely. Totally agree. I mean, that's someone that... I mean, what, what do we always say? He's no Gary O'Neill. That's the saying. 
in, <laughs> in the south stands there. He's now Gary O'Neill. So definitely I agree with that. Away days are back as well. We are back. The bogey bus is running. The belly buffet on Friday. It's an early one prof. We're starting at half 11. We're leaving at half 2. And we're going to be out all day. So which away trip are you going to look forward to most in the country? And do you reckon you can handle the infamous Tifty's bogey bus? Um, I've heard a lot of stories about the Bally Buffet trip and one of the Pats fans in here told me Derry is always a great trip to go to so definitely looking forward to a couple of those trips anyway Derry is definitely one of my favourite trips it's a little bit shorter than Bally Buffet but a little bit more bite to it a little bit more kick and finally we have a present for you here your very own Manscaped t-shirt so ah, class. you have to read out what it says for the listeners what's it say? Manscaped your balls will thank you <laughs> there we go so that's the plug done for today but listen thanks Here's Kieran. you've been brilliant and hopefully Here's we'll see you in the south stand again here's hoping here's hoping cheers so that was him gentlemen that fella what a gent um, yeah great stuff and hopefully we see him back into the south stand get him on the Tifties bus and make him a regular season ticket holder member and then a cranky old bastard like the rest of us yeah I, I work with Kieran. if you didn't figure that out already he was, he was with me on Bingo Loco night as well but uh, which Ke- in between her is he I think he was referring to Dean, the other gentleman. <laughs> but uh, Gary, I really wish you hadn't given another one of my colleagues a shout out because now the rest of them are all on to me. They're like, where's my shout out? Oh, that's it. Well, we're gonna, I tell you what, you get into the south stand and you agree to do what Mr. Gentleman did, then you get your yeah. shout out. That's how you get it. You come and you you come to a game. That's how we're going to do it. Yeah, Kieran, also a fan of our local pizza baker. Oh yes, yeah. certainly is. And we're working on a little scheme with them at the minute, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for a little pizza baker scheme and the doughiest of the doughiest pizzas. It's very doughy, Puff. It's very, very doughy. We had a terrible track record with this segment before, didn't we? This L.O.I. Furies. Because we used to always choose the derbies around 27, 2018. So we'd interview the chap beforehand and afterwards mm. and we'd always get beaten. And then it's just kind of like, mm. well... The, the atmosphere was good though wasn't it <laughs> and then you don't see them again but that's ultimately yeah. what we're going to do is it's all about the start of the game points in this, points beforehand walking up to the stadium with them bringing them into the stadium little tour around Mark helped us out with that last time showed them around bring them into the sing song in the bar walk them into the stand and then that's how it works and you interview them after give them the whole the whole the whole experience but unfortunately it's not the case this time but Prof we're going to move on to another shit show the Bowls game beating 2-1 Damien Park in the second round of the FAA Cup and their programme had an article suggesting that they contemporary play Atala not Tolka and they said that they, wouldn't it be great if if what, what was it if they could outsell if they the got higher tenants if they got higher tenants than us but it's okay they don't own the ground the SDCC do how 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 gee I can't I'm struggling for words Imagine Bowles sharing with us. Like to be mortar between the board, not even between fans. Be bored. The board about fucking go nuts. I don't see it happening. I can never. I never. I can't. It, I just saw this article as a bit of a wind-up merchant article. They can have more stadium. Yeah, spare. More stadium spare. <laughs> more. Do the do the long jump with Derek Tracy. My God. Um, Imagine Martin. Yeah. So uh, the Camogie final and the FIFA Beach World Soccer were on for RT that day. Priorities. Uh <laughs> 800 capacity no way tickets and still somebody started a thread on Robert's chat saying if anyone has any spares let me know yeah it was um, this this was a tough one to take prof the team's Gaffney McCann in McCann McGav- why is McCann playing I don't I don't know what he played I'm surely we weren't that stuck in the middle of the park Gannon sent the back green left wing back well um, our bench was 
Sent was Watts, Danny, and essentially five kids. I know Max Murphy is, is a senior player now, but I I get into my argument about this all the time, Prof. These kids that we speak of, like when well, I don't think I want to get into it. When are they going to be ready? When are they ready? Idemo is ready, but do we Idemo, have to keep using this excuse of the kids aren't ready? I was, you know del- what I mean? was delighted that Idemo made a, <clears throat> an impact when he came on. Because I didn't want it to be a case of, you know, <clears throat> sort of living off that goal. He made a genuine impact when he came on. So now I'm excited when he comes off the bench. Yeah, maybe so, Prof. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if Watts was carrying an injury or what, but he didn't start the game. <clears throat> As for um, Oscar, yeah, we're in the four provinces. Yeah, just rewind uh, the show there and just listen to my other explanation. Yeah. Um, brilliant, really great setup. Yeah. Got the big screen working. I think there was well, how many, how many Rovers fans does it take to plug in a HDMI cable? <laughs> <laughs> well, we had no sound, but we were probably better off based on what we heard of. Yeah, but then we the got to go. We got the speaker in, and we got to go. And yeah. uh, I don't think anyone could have any problems with it. It's a great little spot. Loads of places, loads of room to jump around when we score. This is the first Daily Mount derby without a roof. Yep, kind of it's strange. Weird. Yeah, kind of weird looking at. But then it? again. I said it to Barry and he said it looks better which it does look a little bit neater but I'm all for little stands and little grounds no matter what the, the size I think they all have their own little bit of character it may look better it may look better if it's packed with a thousand Rowers fans yeah. in that uh, end but um, I don't know if it was the projector or what but the, the line markings of the box look really wobbly I don't know maybe it's the camera work you wouldn't know but um, a couple of other people said I think but Prof, this is, I don't. Do we have to talk about this? I so frustrating. I want to talk ten minutes, Garrett, about the groundsman and his wobbly lines. <laughs> wobbly lines. I don't want to talk about this match. Uh but let's go. Fourth half, Prof. I missed the fourth fifteen, and I just got in as Borky hit the post. So yeah, you missed that one. That was like Ronaldinho esque. Yeah, against Chelsea. Audacious shot came off the post. Talbot was uh, was beaten. But that's as good as it got though for us. We we didn't turn up. To this game um, reminds me of the streak where we couldn't beat balls and we just couldn't lay a glove on them and it was it was embarrassing really I it mean was, how can you not string two passes together it was a bit like that game a couple of years ago when Danny scored the screamer Yeah, they scored two good shots Yeah, and other than that they didn't have That's a, a great show, clear good chance yeah two really good goals in fairness but we didn't have a shot on target either are you counting the Burke one as a on target but I thought the first half Talbot's handiest derby ever put it that way the first half we were okay I thought no we were in it we were definitely in yeah. it 100% in the game in the first half and I thought okay it can get better we can improve we got bullied prof there was some good play at times in the game but ultimately yeah we didn't test Talbot but then we had Pico Pico getting stuck in at the end of the first half oh, I love that, that. There's like everyone's up going <laughs> Everyone loved that one in the four probs. <coughs> the first yellow in the game actually was was not until uh, Gary O'Neill shortly or sometime around then at the end of the half, which was strange because the game had gotten feisty by then. Is it not McCann who got the yellow or was it was it O'Neill? <laughs> the McCann yellow could have been a six month prison sentence. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that? That was reckless. Oh my yeah. god! Right outside the box. Yeah. No, I, th- I think Gary O'Neill got one in the end yeah, of the first yeah, half, yeah. but um. Yeah, so... So, Prof, were we asleep for this coot goal? Now, the thing is... I I don't think... I can't remember a goal like this where 
somebody lays the ball out to the to the goal to the the, the free kick taker, and he takes touches and gets to shoot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get did you. we take time to clean? To do we take our time closing down? Pico got in. He did everything he could. Um, it wasn't top top corner. Great strike. Can't do much about it. Hit and a half. Were we still organising it? Possibly, that, but that, if that's the case, we should be quicker. We've been caught a couple of times because that happened against Pats. Exactly, too. I was still organising. Yeah, well. with with Barrett scoring from long distance. In terms of the strike, nothing you can do about it. It's, it's a worldly. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Very, very disappointed. I mean, it just took the it took the wind out of our set or what whatever wind was left, or did he even have any in the force? Because we showed no fight. We couldn't pass about six yards. That what really really frustrated me. We could not pass a ball six yards at one stage, especially the last half hour. Last half hour was excruciating. Like like he couldn't pass a ball. Everything kept going out of play. Touches, bad touch, everything. It was an absolute shit show. Everything. It was like it was manus. It was defenders clearances. Just everything over throw ins. You get like you get a one two and then it would just come off a balls player or go for a throw. Oh, it was so so bad yeah. it really was. And then Pico mayhem again. We equalised. Pico stabs it home. Um, we didn't. We didn't look like we were going to get this. Well, I'm not surprised it came from a set piece because yeah. we weren't going to score any other way. We really didn't look like scoring. And uh, then we had fucking crouching tiger, Ronan Finn. Uh, <laughs> to say this is. That was a shoulder barge into the chest. Like he initiated this. Like he really did. And the video was out there. Well, the how, video was out there. How much earlier was this elbow? I think it was just before, and then the corner got taken, and then there was a, yeah. bit of a, a melee. But well, he, Keddy, for the red card incidents, the incidents, Keddy uh, rakes down the back of Finn's leg. So that's the red card. Yeah. Then they get into a fight. Keddy is like trying to punch him on the ground. And yeah, all this. yeah. Finn gets a second yellow. Which we can't make out why. Yeah. But he certainly didn't get caught for the barge. No, but that's it. But given what he did earlier with the elbow, you can't you can't argue with him going off as well. Yeah, true. But what Doyle actually gave the yellow for, I'm not sure. There's a great photo on the paper of Joey O'Brien with his his hand around uh, Buckley's neck. And it looks like he's squeezing the blood out <laughs> of him. Like he's, he's squeezing the, the vermin. Yeah. Well, unless Doyle thought that was Finn, I don't know. I don't know. 28 rather than 8, but... Uh, I think the shine off the head might get yeah. away. McGregor's cousin, cop by the neck. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was that was a mad couple of minutes. Nuts, insane. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what, this is going to extra time. And then, cue the goal. Um, a little bit of work on the right-hand side. Lions, 1-2, cuts in. And Danny Mandrew decides to just pull out, put his arms up in that motion of in, oh, I don't want to foul him. Fucking clobber him. Danny should be like that's a disgraceful act that you, it's a mortal sin. You don't pull over you don't pull over a tackle. I was stunned when I watched the back. Don't pull over a tackle and it's shocking. Absolutely shocking from him. And I'm like we have to call it how it is. We've been praising this team during the Invincible run. Praising them when they're winning. That was fucking terrible. Simple. There's no other word for it. And they uh Q Q scenes in the Jody. Um Q yeah, Fans running on to attack our goalkeeper. Q sectarian abuse. Q racist abuse. Avoid him on Maku. Q misogynistic abuse. Um, the asylums were running. The, uh, or sorry, the lunatics were running the asylum. Um, you had. I mean, do they have any professionals there as staff? Do, can they do they know how to have match day hospitality? Uh, members of the media, members of the coaching staff, all abused. I mean, it's just there's levels. Do you know what I mean? Well, lines are crossed. Lines were crossed. There's levels. Mm. 
there's things you don't do. And the commentators who were uh, described as racing commentators on speed, I like that one, <laughs> are two lads dragged in off the street. Well, we have uh, Con Murphy and Graham Garland. They said, great to have a few lunatics run on the pitch. So they're condoning I don't know. Listen, nothing's going to happen from we notice things great, that we do. Great to have somebody run on the pitch and attack your goalkeeper with a bleeding weapon. And then you have... And Al actually went to Doyle after the game. Now, when have you ever seen Adam Manis be angry with a referee? I'll have to check that back because you see the footage of him. Is he really annoying? Well, that's what I heard. It wasn't at the game yeah. itself, but... Like, think, think about what it. it would take Someone came on Al. with a shovel-shaped object mm. to try and attack him. Because Doyle didn't even acknowledge it. Didn't even acknowledge that that happened. Unbelievable. We'll have to. We'll, hopefully, something's mm. done about. It. I don't have any faith mm. in it though. That's that's being honest. No faith that anything will happen. But you had a breach of protocol, COVID protocol as well, because they were spitting at our players. Spitting, Fans yep. spitting and raining down spit at our players Throwing. during a pandemic. Berkey had a bottle thrown at them. No COVID protocols. No temperature checks. No forms. Nothing. Eight hundred people. Can't even steward or police them. Crazy. It just shows you. I mean, there's there's been a perfect like fair enough. What are they only for the few, for the many, whatever it is? They just can't run a club, and mm. they run it into the ground eventually. But they made a strong statement, Gar. It was very strong. It's a strong one, yeah. Really strong. Yeah. But uh, so. What do you think of their strong statement, Gar? It's self-serving, absolute piss. <laughs> think about it. Absolute piss and no real, no real hands up to say, okay, we're sorry, we are wrong. They will do nothing about that. They're probably sitting there taking the piss, laughing about it, going, look at that fucking statement. We had to release something, didn't we? <laughs> Twiddling their their long handlebar mustaches on their penny fardings. <laughs> I like the uh, Anto, aka the Nancy Senior Cup teeth. <laughs> he said their statement, or at least the first six seven paragraph, was self indulgent wank. <laughs> Brilliant. Aren't wanks all? Aren't all wanks self-indulgent? <laughs> yeah, but it was it was described as the minority, but which <sighs> it's not. It's not. But listen, this is football. Probably, that's what happens. Probably the majority. These things happen in football, yeah. and you report it, and then you move on. But ultimately, nothing will be done about it. So we know what we need to do next. We know what we need to do when those boys come to Tala Stadium. It's simple. Mm. That's it. That's it. And we'll leave it at that, prof. Well, Lambo on Twitter said, "There's, there's no misogyny here, because uh, we have a women's team." Which is like, sure, my mate is black. Yeah, that's the it. same argument. Like fucking, yeah. so what did Roddy Collins used to say? We oh, know, Terry Feeling. <laughs> Where's me, mate? Yeah, they, fuck up. they have a women's team, but no women's toilets. Unbelievable, yeah. But the annoying, the annoying thing is, it's their PR machine that we've been listening to for the last two years. But that's exactly what it is. That's all it is. It's a smokescreen. Because underneath the surface... It's nothing like what they're trying to make you out to believe. What they want you to believe and what they are are two different things. Massively. Oh yeah. Massively. And uh, if they want to if they want to go under the guise of this, fair enough, let them. But it will all go crumbling down eventually, Pop. No, I don't want the hatred to grow out of the derby. Love it. Because that's what makes it what it is. But we're just talking about it goes against their supposed ethos that they've been shoveling down their throats. For two years, mm. like their supposed values and all, yet they're consistently horrible to people at their games in terms of their treatment of opposition staff, officials, wheelchair users. They're the ones that we are. They're the, the women. Ones, yes, exactly. The people who, like the staff, 
run a proper match day. We can all crowd around when we score a goal, maybe get on the barrier. Stay off the pitch. Don't act the bollocks. Don't swing a fucking shovel at a goalkeeper. Where's Manana Bowes now? Mm-hmm. Did you hear a tweet off them? They're very really quiet on Twitter. I don't hear them condemning them. It's a joke. They they do yeah. what they want when they want. And you know what? Listen, like you said, the favour will be returned as regards. Let's show them how professional we are. And let's show them how we run it. Well, singing about Danny's girlfriend for the whole match, uh, as you say, I wonder what the, the female uh, fan base think. The girls were uh, on force anyway. It's a tweet, sure. by, tweet by Emma Wheatley. She said, Welcoming refugees is admirable. Saving the bees is admirable. <laughs> Encouraging bees? Bees. Encouraging education is admirable. Being climate conscious is admirable. But respecting women, apparently not important to bows. Yep. The wheats with some wise yeah. words, as usual. I was quite amused that... <laughs> because Twitter suggested that tweet to me. Because I was I missed it. Because my own Twitter account, I'm not actually on it much. So I was like, oh, here's one you might have missed, Carl. This tweet here. And it followed it under environmentalism. <laughs> Which is top. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, and sure enough, someone replied to Emma, calling her soft. And that person was convicted for headbutting a woman. Yep. A Bowes fan who headbutted a woman and bit her face <laughs> says, Emma, you are soft for that comment. We're only slagging women. What's wrong with that? Women spelled with I-M-M-I-N. <laughs> They're only women. So the, the hypocrisy is just... I'm knee deep in it. it was, was he in the, the woman biting section? Or the headbutting section? <laughs> Just a lot of blokes headbutting people. Didn't know what to answer that. Um, uh, yeah, so, prof, we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on for the reaction to losing on nine. It wasn't great. It was a stinker, stink fest of a performance. Well, we've lost three in a row for the first time since 2018. It's a tough one to take, but but what I want to talk about here is the inevitable call for the clear out, because we had won eight in a row before this. Nobody's talking about a clear out. We lose a derby. Or granted, it's a double whammy of losing the balls and you're out of the cup. So, I get why people are pissed off. Yeah. But it's a bad week. We don't suddenly have a shite ageing squad. I'd take the shite out of it. <laughs> possibly have an <laughs> ageing squad. If you take Al Manis out of it, that's, that's a special... He brings the average right up. That's a specialised position. That has to be looked at very seriously. And that'll be between Big Al and Brads or what they want to do. Like. Yeah. We can't decide what happens there. The rest of the squad, there's a, there's a few players in their mid-30s. Then again, Finner was, has been brilliant. Finner's been superb this season, so age is only a number for him. Those three games, Finner was good. Yeah. People talking about Joey. Joey has a lot to offer this team. He, he got punished by quick, clever, higher quality players against Flora. Which can happen. Yeah, which can which happen. Can happen. But in League of Ireland games, it's not going to happen every week. Yeah. And he can use his experience to uh, get the better of players. True. So it has a lot to offer us. Definitely. Yeah, I think that was a good one. For wise words, Prof. Wise words. But in terms of recruitment for next year, if we do want to get back here again and kick on, rather than signing you know, two players from Dundalk who have been there and done it, we haven't kicked on with those two players, let's be honest. I think we need more McInniffs, we need more Gary O'Neill's hungry young players. Diamonds in the rough, prof. Yeah. We need to be a big, like that's the thing. How long is it taking us to shape what's? You know, that's. 
But yeah, I mean, we're top of the league with, what is it, two games in hand? Two games against Harps away and Pats. Is there is there any need for panic stations to eat just yet? No, not yet. No, it's a long season and we've had blips already and we've recovered from them. I wouldn't worry about it, but it's a bad week and it just, it's stung, you know? In terms of the injuries, yes, I am very worried about that. Especially yeah. at the back, where virtually all the are. But, um, yeah, we, we've pointed out similarities before with 2011. And they're kind of continuing. I know we got to the group stage in 2011, but um, funny enough, Jim Conroy randomly pointed this out to me in 2011, going out with a cup to Sligo. Okay, yeah, we kind of kind of just went out with a whimper that time as well, but we went on to retain our league. So it kind of does remind me of that. Okay, so it's not and too bad. Uh, Prof always has light at the end of the tunnel. I like that. Well, here's some not light at the end. Of the oh. tunnel. James Talbot got called up to Ireland. Yeah, but do you know what that is? That's just lads peppering shots at him and it's like can, can I can I actually train shut up and get shots taken at you you little creep that's all that is it's like can, can I come to no <laughs> you're gonna get shots peppered at you now stay in there yeah. all the lads are going for a drink in the bar strikers want to do extra training just pepper shots at that little loser there do you know what he's thriving behind closed yes, doors yes he is wait till, wait till we come back yeah. he'll shit his bags again as usual he doesn't have any fans behind him he's a great goalkeeper yeah great goalkeeper can't take the heat but yeah prop we'll move on and the crowd from D7 drew Minuta home in the cup quarter final draw and I've been giving their skipper a little bit of ammo just in the in the ear on the slide just to give him a bit of a heads up but yeah, it's, for- it's the best it's the worst draw Minuta could have got yeah former Robbers B team defender kind of done he works with us and um you won't have to worry about Georgie Kelly though. That's what I was saying. I only copped that on the way home because I was suspended. Yeah, I was telling them. I was saying, "Get in, Georgie's here." You know, he's a big, tough guy, and he's very strong and off the ball. And then I just thought, oh, "He's fucking not playing on the way home." So I was like, "He doesn't have to deal with him now." There you go. Um, if, if balls don't win that cup now, that'll be one of the biggest bottle jobs in years. Because I'd love to see them. I don't even want to see them get to the final. There's nothing s- in their way. Yeah, like right. Pats, they can be Pats. Yeah. I think so, yeah. And they'll probably get the look of the draw. I mean, getting Manuta home, for God's sake. Yeah. Stick Kilduff up front. And Alan Cody says that Bowles are close to turning us over and winning the title. I wouldn't even acknowledge him anymore. I wouldn't even bother because he's just doing it to, to, to boil piss. This is Bowles who are in fifth place, 16 points behind us. He just wants to boil piss. I wouldn't even bother. He doesn't want to, he's not worthy of reaction. We'll move on, Prof. If we but Gar, if no, only they, if no, only no, they, no more, Carly. If Grand. only they made a better stare, <laughs> they'd be up there. That's just story. Did you see poor old Ollie got jocked? Uh, in the... In the, 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 the Harps game. Harps I saw him dirty. behind the shed. And they were trying to pull his trousers out. <laughs> and he was like, go away. I was watching the video. Stop like, pulling on my trousers. Like, what's going on? They were trying to jock him. Trying to pull his jocks down. But why is he there? He's going for a piss. <laughs> okay. Um, last 16 prop oh, Warford 4 kill a man of 1 what you talking about little bit of wibbly wobbly <laughs> why is it wibbly wobbly it's the easiest it's the easiest to say it in a London accent oh fucking piggy bloody you fucking man what you talking about you want that is that um, what he said after the 4-1 win over killing the man is it yeah that's that's what he you um, P-Rex are always there actually yeah and, uh, they have a good squad Gary McCabe uh, Connor Kennett Gav Kavanagh Sean Harding Dean Clark Dean Clark I mean it's a good team it's a good Leinster senior team some very good players uh, Dundalk 5 Moctis 1 um, Cork 1 Pats 1 Pats 1 on Penos uh, Cork were doing well up until that UCD 2 Longford 1 with a C block goal 
uh, UCD progressing. Colin Whelan was the winner there, who Colin apparently Whelan. Been, Brazzer has been interested in him. Um, Very much so, yeah. The last couple of seasons. Never seen him play prop, that's the thing. So hopefully First division, he comes from that nice conveyor belt that we've been getting off UCD. First division top scorer, scored a hat-trick there uh, a couple of weeks ago. Didn't yeah, and then we've Harps winning 1-0 against Derry. So, um, <laughs> Ollie, Ollie Horgan getting jocked. Oh my God, what a fella. I'd love to see Harps get to the final. I'd love to see Ollie Horgan. Oh, brilliant. I'd go. In a suit. I'd go if Harps went to the final. Cheer them on. Um, Derry. Oh, by the way, I watched the uh, Tunde hat-trick against Pat. Did you see the goal I was talking about? Because I, I missed it the, the last time you spoke about it. That that is a hell of a hat trick. Tanya, very this impressive. To watch out for. I love it, how he made all three goals himself. And now we have to. Like, how's Joey gonna cope? It's a bit of pace there, Prof. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit of pace. Did you hear uh, Barty Ramsey was on um, Friday? I'm in live. Oh no, Barty's a great guy. Yeah. Barty's a great guy. Who are making their debut on the Tifties buff bus, Prof? The them in live. They're making their debut. Uh, except uh, Dale Dale unfortunately can't even get 10 minutes to go to the back garden on his own <laughs> he has a newborn I know how you feel Dale I know how you feel hang in there brother it'll get better Four six months are hell on earth so you'll get better don't worry we will drink in your honour Liam Regan Gimarangs and his friend are coming on the bus popping their Tifties cherry and remember Liam what happens on it stays on it shut your bleeding mouth um, uh, I love this part of um, Barty's interview on their podcast because uh Sunday, that was Harp's first hat trick in ten years. And, Jesus, uh, Barty was like, I knew I was in a race with the other Harp's historian, <laughs> Joe Doherty. I think his name was. It's like the, Maggie and the other kid that so, don't like each other, yeah. looking at each other out the window. <laughs> so it was a race to see who could tweet it out first. And funny enough, they both had different stats. One had the first hat trick, and the other had the first hat trick at Finn Park. Ah, excellent, excellent. There you go. So we'd Wexford winning two 0 at Colester. Now give me a lip to Colester. Ah, there's no mooching in the Colester. Give us a lip to Colester. Ah, can't, Michael. On the Sunday, and um, on the Saturday, Prof, we've been out 3-2 Cove, a humdinger of a game, 3-2 win, in Baldonnell. Yeah. Looking well, looking well, actually, Baldonnell's, I think they did a bit of work to it, so it looks well. Yeah, Cove pulled them back twice, to uh, equalise, and they got a red card, and uh, Manute got the winner then, yeah, so uh, sounds like a hell of a game. I actually tweeted, <laughs> The last uh, like five or six non-league clubs to reach a quarter-final. And then Minute University tweeted me saying, hope to join this list now. Yeah, Conor Dome was saying to me today, he actually <laughs> said it to me, he goes, some fella online says, Carl Riley tweeted, and then he goes, hold on, I know who that is. <laughs> and he goes, I walk with him, you know what he's like. Um, yeah, so Sligo away, Prop Saturday 18th of September, the bogey bus is officially in effect again. We are back I'm not sure if we're back in Carrick and Shannon. We're probably barred for life. But we'll get to Sligo anyway. Yeah, we're not stopping out of that. Probably won't stop at that pub on the on the bridge station. again. No. Or the petrol station. The police will be called. Um, yeah, so looking forward to that. Get in touch for the bogey bus. Um, Celtic have a Tuesday. 3.30 Europa League kickoff at home versus Feyenoord. That's insane. Feyenoord's mob will be over. That'll be a great uh, great occasion. That's probably the group of um, the group of death for fans. We might have had some dodgy kickoff times ourselves if we'd made that yeah, conference yeah. groups. Remember the six o'clocks in 2011? Didn't like them at all. Remember, just awkward for everybody, wasn't it? You had to leave Crumlin at about four to make the fucking game. Absolute disaster. Be quicker cycling. Barry Cotter, prof. Um, Barry Cotter, previously on trial at the club, previously interested in him. Brad's has been keeping his eye on him. It's a 
it's a good sign. And if well, listen, can I even say that? I've never seen the guy play. By going from Brad, Brad, Bradsy's Brad's are signings. I don't know. Is is he a good sign? We don't know. It remains to be seen. But it's what we need because we're we're down on we're down on staff and we're down on the players. We need the bodies. Then. I'm in on post mode here. I'm saying staff. I'm ha- I have work jargon. Mm. I've been. I, I'm stuck in that mode. You mentioned three people from work. This yeah. is getting I ridiculous need, I need now. A break. Might as well just shout out the whole roster at this yeah. stage. But uh, if you look at 2011, when we needed to get some bodies in, Michael O'Neill brought in Rohan Ricketts, Jim Patterson, and Richard Brush. Jim's great. Now nobody sings their praises. Ever since, no I one. Like Jim, Jim was good. No he? one thought like, "Oh, amazing players," but they all did a job. Yep, definitely. Yeah. What we needed at the time, and this is very mm. much so what we need. Um, yeah, so good stuff. Barry Carter would probably get strong straight into the into the frying pan here, straight into the mix. I think he might. We don't have any other cover, so hopefully he's fit. Considering all three of our left wing backs are, are gone, yeah, are missing, injured, or departed in Scales' case, so get stuck in there, uh, Barry. Hopefully. Eddie, Eddie McGrath prof was interviewed at 42.ie piece about Gerd Muller's late winner against Rovers in 1966 as well so fantastic stuff from Eddie yeah. their bummer their bummer his nickname was but um, probably not the most uh, PC nickname <laughs> in the 60s I know <laughs> apparently uh, our pal Mick Kieran wasn't too happy with that article because there's a mistake in it the article claims that Paddy Mulligan or at least Mulligan himself claims that he marked Beckenbauer but it was certainly Mick Kieran. It was Mick Kieran. Robin, I tell you what, we can have them Tifties <laughs> blue collar fighting. Get them in the ring. I love this quote from um, W. P. Murphy. He was the he was the, the best known journalist back then in the sixties. And when we pulled pulled it back to two all from two down, uh, he writes this: uh, Given that Bairn were already budgeting for a place in the quarterfinals and the full house of 40,000 that was likely to accompany it. Club president Wilhelm Neudecker wiped beads of perspiration from his forehead with a handkerchief handkerchief held in a shaking hand. Mm. Epic stuff, Prof. Love it. Um, yeah, so Prof, Applewell sacked the manager again. I think it's the 45th manager in seven months. It's ridiculous <laughs> at this stage. It's, I think it actually is 17 and 5 <laughs> years, which is a, a crazy turnover. Do you think Jack just sort of like walks around the corridors and sees some random fan and was like, "This could be my new this manager." Could be new gaffer. I think, I think he's he, he has to regret this move now, doesn't he? Because it's not it didn't work out. Ultimately, it didn't work out unless he plays well for this gaffer who's going to be gone in three months. But we knew they were a mad crowd. You look at their manager. I'm, whole, I'm hearing he doesn't want that to do with us now. Not not in a bad way, but he just doesn't want to come back. So. I don't know. We'll see. It'd be great to have him back on now. Imagine getting the rest of the season. Imagine getting Jack Bourne for the rest of the season. <laughs> wow. Maybe that MLS club that he was he's been linked to. Yeah, so that's him gone. Thomas Alua joined Larn. Not Crystal Palace. Um Nope. Glemalore have two wins and a loss and they're getting stuck in. They were losing three two, probably came back to win four three, a humdinger of a game. Mm. Uh with some uh, some really good goals. So get down to see them if you can walk town park, big Tommy Kelly, big TK, Sean Dosh. He mm. is the gaffer and he's doing wonders down there. They're doing really they're actually taking it serious. That's the thing. When we play for Glamalore, turn up on a Saturday, smoking joints at half time, all the lads were everybody drinking, just giving out about the match being ninety minutes. Ref blow it up, everyone just wants to go the abo. <laughs> um so and saying that we won a league and a shield. But look great, great mm. stuff from Glamalore, proper professionalism, who have drunk hundred this weekend and uh that's gonna be tasty. That's all I'll say. 
And just a note on uh, Glenmore player, uh, Connor Foley. Once again, we have a four provinces story because you always get one. Remember last time, <laughs> the man, the owner rang you saying, "Who's Connor Foley?" Who's Connor Foley? Because I have, I have everything he owns. <laughs> everything is is underpants with his name on the on the on the label. Well, in this case, it was when we scored against Bowes and Pigo equalised. Barry just shows us his phone. He cracked his phone yeah, in the celebration. Absolutely. So I think he just went whoa true across the room and he's like don't care don't care it's worth it it's worth it and then a full time he's like fucking phone broke <laughs> oh you gotta love him oh it's just a banker every time you get a berry story yeah so the crossbar challenge for Glenmore Prof Rave 360 euro a nice round figure yeah and it was actually Rower's under 8 player Harrison Healy he stole the show he hit the bar at the end I saw that fantastic stuff great little strike little dink oh, we're not gonna get into this it looked like a dink right oh no we're not going there um, Joey O'Brien quiz prof what's going on here well I'm just disgusted myself Gary. I only got 90% I think you I got need to be one wrong you got, the, you got the order of the penos don't you of course you need yeah. to get out of the club it was tricky get out of the club please it was tricky that's Probably. actually a tough one um, I need to be getting maximum score I think I'm going to say hold on so huh? Huh? four fourth no Gary knew it was fourth oh, got the winner third I knew it was either Bolger or, or O'Brien who went so second you, or third you, I got it wrong as well yeah. you're alright Joey or sorry um, Jack Brown went first and missed but um, yeah I'm taking over the quizzes from next week onwards Garrett so Ooh. If, so if we're all getting zero simple zero if you have a problem with them and you hate them please direct all your anger towards tales from the east and <laughs> at gmail.com <laughs> Rob is and, and, li- and write re Gary in the subject line because <laughs> I won't be reading them Oh god um, Yeah I'll get great crack out of that actually <laughs> So 19th be Warford and penalties In the end of McGill Cup After a 3-3 draw In Tala And fair play to the uh, To the groundsman They're keeping this pitch Looking really well Sees a lot of action mm-hmm. uh, Goalkeeper Killian Cahill Was the hero there Yes Saved, saved two penalties In the man. shootout Good man Killian Love to see it Things you love to see Prof 17s won 3 0 on Drogheda. The women's 17s beat Galway 2 0 in both of those were league games. So we're sl- st- slowly, steadily getting up those leagues. And the 14s and the 15s are both involved in cup games. Both needed extra time. 15s won 4 2 in Athlone. 14s got St. Pats 1 0. That's another coup against Pats because Pats have been dominating the last couple of years, let's be honest. So it's a good win. So that's a clean sweep for the Rovers youth. The Rovers youth. And up next, Prof, we have the infamous Winston who meets Pat Bourne. So we're here with Shamrock Rovers uh, legend Pat Bourne for the Tifties Player of the Year series. Pat, it's your third appearance on the podcast. Uh, well, welcome along. Delighted to have you here in this uh, beautiful Aylesbury Shebaean. It's a terrific place. It's great. I wouldn't mind having one of these myself. It's great. Fantastic. Oh, I tell you, he's taps and all. That's the beautiful home you can hear in the background, folks. <laughs> now, uh, come here. It's a lot quieter here than it was in the Penny Black at Christmas, isn't it? Much quieter. Doesn't seem to suit you that atmosphere, Pat, to say. Doesn't really, no. No, 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 no Pat, it's the, the 1984-85 season we're going to be talking about today. Now, a lot of people know I'm following Rovers 40 years, and I honestly don't think we've ever seen a better strike partnership than, than Alan Campbell and, and Liam Buckley. What a duo. 
great great two players yeah they they played really well the, that season and uh, they were big 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 success really because uh, Alan had been in and out of side prior to Jim coming in and um, he's a fantastic season you so with Liam I think I think the only thing about Liam was I think he got an injury to his collarbone or whatever and uh, I think he missed it towards the end of the season really Right, and Campbell scored 24 league goals in 84 but he left for Spain and Bucco went off to Belgium now we're out to defend our title so, so, so were people worried how can we replace the, the, the front two yeah well that's, that came down to Jim McLaughlin I suppose you know the two lads are great and uh, as you said how could we replace them but that big Jim being Jim you know he um Went down and got Mick Bourne and uh, Noel Arkin, and uh, they were they proved as much a success as the two lads. Well, I, I tell you, Mick Bourne and Noel Arkin were, were a marriage made in, in heaven, what? Uh, and and Jesus, Mick loved telling the story of how you pin them up against the wall, doesn't he? Huh? <laughs> I can't remember that story. Uh, that's well, I tell you, that's convenient. But uh, uh, I, I, thought, I thought he'd already made that at Rovers, but he grabbed you, you grabbed him and said, uh, if you don't want to do it, get your bag and, and, and get the 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 uh, well the fuck out of here what <laughs> you you wouldn't see that nowadays no you could put it that way all right yeah but it was just we were so such a close to, uh, group of lads that uh, we nobody was gonna gonna break the rules and no matter who it was n- new fella coming in or one of the old guys it was rules of rules and uh, it's the way we wanted to play and uh, Mick had come in as um, uh, a well known player and uh, he was doing really really well with us but he wasn't playing necessarily the right way so we had to change the little things and that was just a little reminder that we played a different way the oh, way he was used to I like that now there's a little glint of your eye there as, as you're telling me that but look, look I, I, I used to, uh, to coach him for this as well and, and the lads would be out in Cocos the night before they wouldn't get the game you know because you had to lay down these foundations but uh, now when the draw was made uh, for the first round of the European Cup and uh, Linfield come out of the hat I remember we, we all said here we go with the hooliganisms and all. But you look, let, let, let's start off with the first leg. What, what's your memory of uh, Windsor Park? Uh, we, we, we really should have won that game over there, shouldn't we? We played really well that night. We, were, we, we outplayed them. And uh, I think it was Paul McGee we had signed at the start of the year. And he came in as a proven goal scorer. But he had so many chances that night. We should have had to get, the, the toy should have been over up in Windsor Park. Played really, really well. And... Uh, it just didn't happen, and um, then we we didn't we didn't perform really in Milltown. That was the let's be honest with you. Well, well, but that's it. The return leg at Milltown. I've heard you speak about this before. The the atmosphere. You just, you could cut the tension with a butter knife. Because yeah, it was it was a horrible it was a horrible atmosphere. Um, and I suppose we thought it would be worse obviously up in Linfield, but it wasn't. Uh, we actually it was worse down in their place than in Milltown. There'd been a lot of problems during the day and then we were kind of separate from you know and then the bus was slow getting to the game and it was just all wrong you know the way things probably the way we did things or the way we prepared but we never we never got going and uh, you know fairness to them they they stuck at it and uh, beat us but it wasn't it wasn't a great performance for us yeah so, so, so that was a one-all draw and then we, we, we went out on the away goals rule yeah. which which doesn't happen that, uh, nowadays of course they're, they're scrapping that yoke but 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 Linfield nearly beat the Greeks then the Pantacanoikans uh, to reach the quarterfinals didn't they so so do you ever think what more it could have been yeah I do but I, I, I just 
you know, sometimes when you don't perform, you more or less it takes a while to get over it, and uh, that definitely that still sticks with me because I remember after the match we. Uh, we always have a point with the lads, you know, that they play against and that. And they come in, the, the Linfield lads, and they couldn't believe that they were so lucky. Over the two legs, really. And, uh, but fair play to them. That's, way, that's what football is all about. Either perform, and if you don't perform, well, then we just have to accept the results of that. Yeah. And would, you, would that be a regular thing, having a point to play now with, with, with the oh, lads yeah. afterwards? Oh, yeah, yeah. They kick lumps out of each other. But it's not like that now, you see. And I'd miss that. I'd, people say... you. We should be playing now. No, I wouldn't. I'd Go like away, really? Honestly, God, yeah. I'd rather play the time I played. And, um, you know, it's, I've made some great friends over the years and things like that. Now they don't socialise at all, you know. It's, they get in the bus, go home, go, they don't even go over a few points. Yeah. Well, they a few points, a bit of crack, and that's what it was all about. No, no, the com- com- camaraderie. Absolutely. Yeah, many times we had to leave a few, of our, a few lads home here and there, you know, so... No names. I was one of myself. Oh, we, we, we could talk about that off air. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but listen, the, uh, as for the league campaign, uh, we actually made a bad start to our title defence. That, that was just a 2-0 defeat at, at, at the Bowers. Yeah. We started off bad and uh, that, that was the time we had a bit of a meeting on uh, Saturday morning. We trained on Saturday morning on a... Uh, we used to train on the asset, or on the um, we couldn't train. You weren't allowed to train on the pitch on a Saturday morning in Middletown, you know. You had to train on the Tarmacadden. That must have, have caused a few injuries and stuff, didn't it? Or? Well, Dermot kicked... Um, Dermot kicked... Uh, what's his, what was his name? The lad that grounds him. I'm trying to think of his name there now. But he kicked his um, moor. That Dermot being half-blind and just being a bad player. We used to send him on a, on a run on a Saturday morning. He wasn't allowed playing the five side. He was that bad. He couldn't control it himself, never mind the ball. But no, Darren was playing on his own. But he, yeah, we used to play there, and uh, afterwards uh, we had a. Things weren't going right, and so we had a meeting then, and uh, we sorted it all out, you know, so it was grand. But you, that's, the sort of, that's the type of lads we had in the club. You know, we had good, strong guys, and we came in and sorted it out because it was festering, and it was causing a bit of problem within the group, you know. So we sort the routes between ourselves. McLaughlin just left. Yeah, yeah. I remember Jim coming in and, uh, all right, boys, yeah. And then he says, you can go ahead. I just want to have a chat about it. And uh, he just sat there, had a smoke and listened to everybody. He just, and that was, that, was, that was better for you as in, in regards to how things then formed. Because it, it, was, it was almost organic. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. People, the thing about the players was that we were honest with each other. And that was the most important thing. And people used to say... God used to be talk, shouting each other on the pitch. Yeah, it was healthy because we wanted to get the best out of each other. And, you know, it wasn't always negative. It was like, well done or got sprained. Or, and then there might be the other parts where you're saying, look, you should have played this or, you know, you should have dropped off there. You didn't track him or what it might be. But you could say those things. And as I said, in the modern game now, I don't think... You wouldn't hear a fellow raise his voice. No, they, they all send solicitors' letters to each other then if somebody <laughs> said something like that, you know. But, but, uh, but, but, but come to, uh, December, uh, December time was vintage stuff. A 4 0 win over St. Pat's at Milltown. Uh, a perfect performance that was. And then there was the 2 0 win over the Bows in, in front of a, a 5,000 crowd at Milltown. Yourself and Larkin on the score sheet. Uh, that result had a major burden on the destination of the title, didn't it? It, it did, yeah. Um, 
like Bose and ourselves were contesting that, that, that year, you know, and we were always, and still are to this day, the... We let it tap it out. <laughs> so we, we, uh, they were, um, yeah, it was a good result, but it got us back on track a little bit and we, we started going again. Sometimes you need something to spark a season and, or a game or, or the team itself, and I think the conversation that was had on the Saturday sorted that out. That, that that laid the foundation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And come here, and then in January we, we travelled to Longford. Uh, over over overnight frost covered most of the country, and I was reading Robert Goggins' book earlier, full of these facts. It's great stuff. But uh, so, so Abby Carton was unplayable, and then when the game was moved to the local rugby ground, uh, and and the pitch was frozen for Jesus' sake, awful that was. But I'm just thinking now, after you're telling me there, you must have had great experience then with the tarmac. The pit, the pitch must have been the same, was it? <laughs> it was a bit. It was. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. Yeah, I think it was a rugby, a rugby pitch, all right. Yeah, and uh, they played really well that day. I mean, they don't think I'm away from them. They were good that day, but we just couldn't score. Like, and uh, it was, you know, as you, we even saw last week. Can you say that as part of it? Even so, last week he made it really difficult for us, and uh, we were just lucky we got back into it, you know. And um, what did we win? Did we win 2 1 or was it? Or one, what did we win? I don't know. Uh, 2 1. 2 1. Yeah. 2 1 it was. It was jammy anyway, put it that way. I remember you just getting out of trouble a few times with that with those free kicks, your, your, your free kicks. Do you remember that? I do. Uh, yeah, free kicks are like penalties to you, what? Huh? <laughs> uh, <no>. Sometimes <laughs> you wear, yeah. But uh, it was that was only one part of the the team, you know. The the rest of the lads contributed. That was a great part of the team, though, Pat. Don't be don't be selling yourself short now. No, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed them actually. Enjoyed the free kicks. Like, but that's sometimes they win, sometimes they don't. Well, that's it. <laughs> yeah. uh, how often uh, did that four in a row team come from behind to to, to win games? And 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 I just alluded to earlier the, the character and the belief. Would you, would you say there's similarities with that current Rover side uh, with, with, with all the late goals we've been scoring recently? I would, and uh, I love the way we're playing at the moment. Um, I think we, we, you know, Stephen has them playing really, really good stuff. And he showed me in the European games as well that the lads are playing really well. Um, I just think you know it's, to, it's going to take a really, really good side to kind of uh, beat us or to win the league if, you know if anybody's the top of us at the end of the season they're doing really well so but, but that's it I know, I've, often, I've always said the, the, the results at Longford the, the, their game their title winning games you know they, they come back at the, at the end of the season you're, you're charting them up that's exactly right because they're harder the hardest game sometimes because you've got to motivate yourself to go out there and play and you, you know you're expecting that you should be winning the game and um you know, it's hard sometimes to get yourself going. And people say, well, you're supposed to be professional, you're supposed to be able to go and do a job. We're only human. And people, you know, you go out, some days you go out and everything goes for you. Other days you can have a sticky old day, you know. And uh, But we played well. We played well against Longford last week. And, uh, you know, the only thing was missing was a goal. And eventually that came, you know. But sure, through stranger places they've come, you know. And uh, it was great to see you. Well, this is it. It's, it's great. It's great. It's grit and grill that w- that wins these games, you know. Those three points are more important than anything else, because your bowls and your gun dogs and pats, you can go either way, uh, you know. And uh, but and there's still three points as good as anything. 
But now, so we're going to go back to, to 1985 now, where, where, where we were 18 games unbeaten in the league, only to lose 2-0 at home farm at Milltown. Now, come here, how big of a shock was that? As I said, it just shows you there. I, I can't remember, I forgot about that game yet, but uh, you probably kind of. We're not surprised, Pat. <laughs> yeah, you forget those games, yeah, because uh, yeah, they, they played well that day, and I think. I don't know whether Terry Everson played that day on the wing. I think he did, but the uh, they got the goals at the right time, and we didn't play. We didn't play particularly well, and uh, not not taking away from them, but it was a great result for them. Great result. Oh yeah. You know, and uh, very great. I'm in a beach like that, you know, and um, puts it up to you. It's great. That's what football's all about, you know. You still can win, as I said. We win have a few points last afterwards. Congratulate them because it's a good performance. But you're down. But you, you just got to get going again and get going back on Tuesday or tours or whatever it might be. And we start all over again. But sometimes I remember going to um, Finn Harps with Jim McLaughlin only taking over. And we went to Finn Harps, we went up there. We played really, really well. We got beaten 3 2. And we stopped at Mono for uh, after match meal and a few points. And we're there and we're sitting at the table. And it was the first time we kind of, it was the start of the, 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 the four in a row. And I remember Jim saying, we were having a chat, and I said, he says, if we play like that every week, there's very, very few teams that beat us. We played really well, but we got beaten 3-2. But if you continue to play decent stuff, it'll come right at the end, you know. Yeah, you're, going, you're going a nice run playing yeah, like that. Yeah, you do, yeah, absolutely. And that's what happened. Uh, but you look, with two games still to be played, the, the Hoops safely wrapped up the, the second league title in a row, uh, the second league title in a row when they beat Cork City three one at Milltown. That, that, that's from Mister Goggins. That's not my brain. But uh, th- that that was. I, I, I think he I makes it up half the time. <laughs> but but that was Cork's fourth season as a club, by the way, or, or, or that version of Cork anyway. There's been about eight or nine of them. But uh, great celebra- celebrations in, in the dressing room afterwards, I presume. Oh, it was always great celebrations. We, we really celebrated when you won something because I I I, I had this conversation with uh, someone a while back when we went and won, you know, nearly most of the stuff in the four in a row between the cups and the leagues and all like that. Those are the fellas you were playing against, and they've never won anything during that period. Do you know the sort of way? And I, we all, I, I often thought about it and said, when, when we so lucky? Here was a group of us win a lot of this stuff. But fellas that were as good as us in different teams never won anything. And I, and I always think about them, you know, because uh, it was the feeling of winning something is just unbelievable. And especially in Rovers, because we really celebrate between the players, the, the staff, and the supporters. Supporters were so. They meant everything to us, really. You know, they were part of the group, as far as we were concerned. And when Milltown was there, it was fantastic too, because after the game, we'd always go in and mingle with everybody. And the crack was great, and we knew everybody. We knew the supporters, you know. And on bad days, you'd have people supporting you because you knew, you know, they were part, you know, they knew what you were like, and you were playing and doing it your best you could to, you know, to win something for the club. And it was a it was a great. Uh, it's probably I'm trying to find the words probably, but it was a great kind of feeling in some ways that we were all in it together. That's really yeah, what a, it was. a great bond. A bond, exactly. a bond, yeah. A bond, exactly, yeah. And 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 I I, 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 I I'll admit there when as you're saying that stuff, it, it's 
it does strike that it's very it's very different now you know you, you might catch a glimpse of the players and all that kind of stuff but uh, I, I just talk to people about that who, who go to these uh, games in England and all that kind of stuff and there's a distance with them players you know you, but, but back then it's a community it, it, it's you're all all for one and one for all kind of thing you know well, that's what it was I mean so you, you, you try to get into the underneath the stand in Milltown it was, it was unbelievable after the game you wouldn't get out of the place yeah, you know and uh, if you got in you were lucky if you could hold your point up because it was the body was it was it was like a herd of cattle in there you know it was just it was trying to get in and around so we all used to uh, abandon ship then after one and go somewhere else but we, we'd always go in we'd never go away lose you know draw win whatever we'd always go into the bar meet you after game meet up all the people you know or your family or whatever it might be but the supporters as well you know and uh, as I said be a good or bad and then we'd every, everybody go their own way and I feel I, I feel sorry for the players nowadays because that was that was brilliant because we all became great friends you know not everybody but most of the lads we all become great friends and uh, we still keep like Noel Larkin being an Australian Noel comes back and we see him every can we had Jack and Madonna last week Jack was here went and had a few points in Matt he's talking about old times and it's great you can't beat that, you know. Yeah, no, you could to, to, to rem- reminisce like that is is is, is, ter- is terrific. Which I suppose what we're doing now. Yes, yeah, I suppose, isn't yeah, it? Well, we should go out of there anyway. You know, <laughs> we missed out on the double the year before, of course, and and, and the shock FA Cup final lost to UCD. But 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 but, but this time we did it. Now, no Larkin scored the only goal in the final with Galway. Uh, the club hadn't done the double in 21 years. Uh, so, between that and the memory of UCD, how big was the motivation to finally do it? Yeah, it was there. Um, but then we always took one game at a time, and that's been honest, because uh, we were hoping we would win. Um, and... It was great to get a double, you know, really, really was great to get a double, as you said, after 30 years. But we, 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 we deserved to probably get beaten in the UCD match, and that's what I said, it's, if you're not 100% right and things don't go well in the day, it just shows you what can happen. Uh, but they were decent, uh, UCD side, and, uh, you know, fair credit to them, and it probably motivated us, motivated us a bit more to go on and win three more titles and three more cups, so. Well, well that's it, like, the... the, the, the you know, you have to use those experiences you to to, to, to yeah. fuel yourself and, and 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 the rest of the team on. Well, if people if people could feel the hurt you feel when you lose things, you you know, and that's what I've always felt hurt, because when you got beaten on, on special occasions like that, it was hard to take. You know, some people say to me like, give you all your medals up and thing. I don't even have any in my house. You would never think I played football. Why? No, I wouldn't because. It wasn't that it was. We wanted to win every game, and that's the way it was. And and most of the lads would be similar, I'd say. But uh, the UCD match was, uh, I think, was a kind of catalyst for us to kind of push on and say, "Well, look, if you're not right, these things can happen." And we we kind of probably all we were probably so hurt from that that it pushed us on, and that's probably why. So it's like a similar feeling to the Harps game where it was so close, and yeah. and yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And when you, but the, and the worst one that sticks in my mind is the Celtic match. When we played, we played them off the park that night, and we got beaten one in the last few minutes, and that broke my heart. You know, I mean, we, that was the one night where we we didn't go anywhere because we stayed in the dressing for so long. We were so disappointed. We eventually 
went down had a point out as well meant nothing you know sort of way yeah and like, you can tell by the words you use like people throw them words around all the time like you know I'm gutted you know but but there is genuine feeling in it that's how you feel you feel hurt you feel gutted like a fish you know <laughs> but I can remember I can still remember that uh, the Celtic match every minute and especially goal and it was heartbreaking you know and uh, I suppose he wanted to prove a point to, de- to them to, well, to people we were as good as them and that type of thing and uh, that was probably that was probably the disappointment more than anything else as well too that we didn't uh, didn't beat them or at least draw with them you know yeah uh, that's I, I will t- I'll t- I tell you Pat these stories are great they're unbelievable they are um, now um, do you remember the player of the year award the, the ceremony itself and your reaction to scooping uh, the award now not the points afterwards but, uh, but, but it was given to you by the fans so so what does that mean oh, that's more important than anything else you know it's great the fans as I said the fans were were everything and uh, I still see some of the old guys there today you know my number of good lovers are dropping off but a few of them are still there and just to see them and, and the enjoyment they get out of you know the matches. Joe Joe keeps in touch with me most of the time, you know, and see how things are and how especially over the COVID times now. And similarly I'd text them back or whatever, you know, and it's always about rovers. We might start off talking about you know, how are you keeping and whatever and then probably toward the fourth sentence would be what do you think about rovers and how do you think we're doing and you know, and that's the way it is. But, 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 but that's it you, you, you see them and, and it's uh, players like yourself still knocking around still fans okay. fans coming up their kids coming in their grandkids it, it's unbelievable yeah and that's, uh, that's the, the last um, last two years I was looking forward to being my grandkids you know and things like that and we can't at the moment so that's a big thing for me now the next world to bring the kids you know so yeah, well hopefully we will we, 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 we get it all sorted a few more hoopers you know well, this is it. And a few more scoops, huh? <laughs> scoops and hoops. Scoops are still happening. Uh, but, but then you won the, the, the Soccer Writers Personality of the Year Award as well in 1985. That, that must have capped off the season nicely. It was lovely. I, I, it was lovely, yeah. It was great. Um, but it's... I'm not being rude, but it's it's really... The team is more than it's The team is, is the... You know... You wouldn't win it without them, you know. I always say that about fellas, you know, there's a certain club to certain people. And, uh, you know, you, a club, you, you feel, when you feel comfortable in a club and you feel it's part, it's like a family sort of thing, it's, everything is, you know, so I feel it's easier. Because, you know, that if you're having a bad day, you'll get, you know, looked after and things like that, so... You know, if someone will put their arm around you, get a cuddle or whatever else like that, you know. Yeah, but and you do the same. Of course. Course, yeah, except for Mick Bourne. Oh, yeah, but of course, <laughs> you, you, be a bit more physical. That move, <laughs> oh, Mick, you said a great mate. Thank you. Uh, now, now, before we, we, we let you go, Pat, and thanks very much for, for, for taking part, uh, we're going to play a quick game here. It's called Winston's Ward Association. Oh, I don't know who writes this nonsense, but uh, I'll call out 10 things. Uh, it could be a player, an ex player, or anything really. Uh, if you want to sum up your feelings on him, her, them, or whatever, uh, once the word, you, you hear the word. So, uh, are, you re- are you ready to rock and roll? Rock and roll, here we go. Okay, Jim McLaughlin. Great manager. Uh, Mick Bourne's 80s hairstyle. Yeah, okay. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so, so didn't Jacko McDonough want, 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 want to be in a boy band? 
he should have been in the boy band he'd be better off he's a good looking fella good looking fella yes well he told us all he was a good looking fella first well, of all anybody who listened but he couldn't sing well, oh, actually, should have made if he couldn't have sang that's, that's, right. that's, that's how that works, isn't it? <laughs> uh, the, the kill coins. Now, Catmalogian is what I'd say there. Yeah, but well, I can't, of course, own this now. That's all right. We, we, we can edit uh, that out. All I would say is lawyers, yeah. Lawyers. Mm. Uh, putting pineapple on a pizza. Yeah, but see, yeah, I'd have that. Yeah, that'll do me. Yeah, fine, yeah. Uh, Pe- pepperoni to go with it. Uh, the, the, the bows. Yeah. When I played there, I started my career there, so I can't see anything. <laughs> We got you there, what? I did, yeah. yeah. Li- li- uh, Liam Scales. Doing well. Brilliant at the moment. And I hope he gets to move away because he deserves it. And he's he's so honest. He's great. And uh, that's what I love about him. And uh, yeah, as he said, uh, I, read his, I read his article, I read his comments, and he said, well, look, I'm a, a hoop at the moment. I'm going to give everything I can. And that's, I like to hear that. It's great. Yeah, he's he's great attitude, isn't he? Fantastic. Old school. Yeah, old school. I like most of the lads at the moment, in fairness. Who do you not like? I'm only joking. I won't put you on the spot like that. Uh, VAR. Shite. Uh, And being a co-commentator on SRFC TV. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was crap, wasn't it? Oh, you always talk about R.R.E. You know Tick tock, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, I hope the tick tock. I hope the tick tock is for. It's getting. It's getting near. Uh, we're going to win the next. Uh, oh, counting the down. Our cards will be. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going like to win that. the league. Yeah. Uh, and old barn community school. I don't know why that. That's just down the road there. So. Well, probably we're going to get a few more players in there. So hopefully that's the case. Well, that's that. Well, yeah. That's that's the old. Oh, yeah, so I might go to bingo there somewhere. All right. <laughs> All the twos, 22. <laughs> Two fat ladies, here we go. One A, 18 <laughs> titles, what? One A, that's right. And finally, this is the bonus one, it's not a word association, it's just a regular question. Uh, who's the best Irish centre midfielder you've seen from the time you retired up until now? Uh, Jack. Jack Bourne. Jack Bourne. Any relation? None, none whatsoever, no, but I love the way he plays and... Uh, he was great for us now over the over the last few years. I thought Jack did really well. Um, it's, it's just I love what I loved about him was he always wanted to go forward, you know, play the ball forward and be, you know, take a fella on, take yeah. a fella on. But he was always, you know, keen to get in the box, score goals, thing that type of thing. Whereas you see some midfielders and they go sideways, and but Jack was the opposite, smashed. Yeah, he's got unreal, isn't he? Un- unbelievable player. Great, but good character too, and uh, you know, he gave us a good lot of memories as well. And, and it wasn't—he wasn't around for that long, you know. But it was, no, but the impact he had was no, was he unbelievable. Wasn't, he wasn't around for long, but he was—he was—he influenced the side quite a bit, you know, and that—that that was great. And I think he kind of, you see, the the, the, the hard thing about people is in in Rovers, and, and a lot of people may not know this, but. To play for Rovers, it's very, very, very difficult because you have to have some balls. We've, we we signed players with Jim McLaughlin and things like that that came in, and they couldn't handle the pressure of Shamrock Rovers. And Jack was the opposite there. He came in and shows what you can. Once you, once you give everything for the club, and once you try your best, people will respect you. And if you know, and that, that's all you want. But it's a hard club to play for. A, a lot of players couldn't play for this club. I can tell you that now. 
they might look good in the you know on another side, but to come here and have the expectations of winning leagues every year, not just one year, every year or win trophies every year. Some people can't hack that. Yeah. Um, and Jack could, and that's why I like him. He had balls. He, I tell you, he did. I, 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 unbelievable player, Jack. I, lo- I loved him. But 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 part about Lloyd, I loved you too, and I still love you. And um, I just want to thank you very much for coming along and talking to me. Now. It's been a genuine pleasure. I've talked to uh, to a few people now on this, and I, I can safely say that this was the most heart wrenching, honest, and uh, moving interview I, I, I've done. And I, I appreciate all you've done for the club and all, the, all you continue to do for the club. Uh, it's a great pleasure to see you. You're a gentleman. God, God, God bless you. Thanks very much. Yeah. So the Ward Association, Prof. Ward Association, is a beautiful thing. It's simple, it's easy, it's fun to listen to. And yeah. uh, Pat giggling like a, a schoolgirl at times. <laughs> if you thought he was giggling there, finally here uh, at the end, because Winston's done 40s now so far, right? He uh, he did, uh, the first one was Gary Shaw, mm-hmm. then it was Ronald Finn and Terry Palmer, right? So what happened there was, I, I contacted them and said, do you want, can we do an interview? And then on the morning, I said, just to give you a heads up, Winston would be doing it on our behalf, and he's a bit of a character. That's all I said. So it was just a little heads up, right? For Pat Byrne, I gave him no warning. And this was in person as well. So Winston sat down with Pat Byrne, started talking like that. And Pat just had to go with it. And, <laughs> and, he, and he didn't know what hit him. And he kept character the whole time. <laughs> so so it was me, Winston, Pat and Kane Hopkins as well. Because we were doing the documentary. Take Me Home afterwards as well. So we're all in this room. In James Cook's Shabin in Aylesbury. So we're sitting there for half an hour. In silence. During this interview. So this was a different kind of laugh. This wasn't, wasn't a laugh like you know. someone's You hear or see something. And then you burst out laughing this was this was built up over a half an hour and then at the end when it was over Pat just starts laughing and he goes I wasn't expecting that and he points over at me and he was like he didn't tell me <laughs> <laughs> and we all just died brilliant. laughing it was brilliant one of the it was one of the funniest moments I've had in a oh, long man. time it it's, was, it's, it was isn't so it, good isn't it great to have one of those unrelentless guffaws and laugh that just bellows out of you I haven't, yeah. I haven't laughed out loud I don't really laugh out loud that often but I was watching a fella called Tom Segura you ever hear him a comedian I think I have I yeah. genuinely fell off the chair laughing I was watching my <laughs> brother-in-law Blair and just the, I, I just had it just fucking it made me feel good I <laughs> fucking fell around the house laughing I fell around I really I really I needed it you know I needed it um Winston was fantastic. Pat Bourne, brilliant once again. Um, lawyers. Lawyers that kill coins. Yeah, so 84-85. Also, uh, a season where Rowers had to defend the league. But um, he went into detail about that season. And um, By the way, that was recorded after the Longford game and before Europe. In case you're wondering why he's so optimistic about yeah. our European chances. But... Uh, but yeah, great to hear from Pat. So great stuff, but next up, Prof. We have Jim Conroy's starting 11s and predictions. Right, Prof, this is a this is a tough one. 
not it were shoehorned into a tough decision really. So well, Alan and goal. Of read, course. We'll read out our situation there first. We got oh god, Pigo on international duty. So Pigo gone international duty. Horry horror gone out for another couple of weeks with his groin. Finn, suspe- Finn suspended. Yep. When did that happen? Because we're with the cups. He has to be suspended. Next oh, match. will you fuck off? So Finn suspended. Cavanaugh out. Horror out. Grace out. So I'm gonna have to change it now. I don't care what your back four is because it has to be this, right? It has to be Max Murphy, yeah. Sean Gannon, Joey O'Brien, Aaron Green, Cotter. Who else is there? Cotter has this. He could as well. give could give Cotter his debut. Playing four at the back. Yeah, I'm gonna go Manus. I'm gonna go Cotter, Joey Gannon. What else are you gonna do? I thought we'd Finn in the team as well. Uh, Green on the left, Max Murphy on the right. And by the way, this is Joey's third. Game in eight days. Oh, oh, you're getting those ice bats in, you, Joey. Resting up. Gary O'Neill and Watson in the middle. I'm gonna go Gary O'Neill and Watson in the middle. Um, still angry at Rich Tell, not talking to him. So he, he he's dropped. Are you um, angry at Tell or or uh, Danny? Danny as well. Not talking to him either. No, he dropped. Uh, and then my top three: Borky, Gaffney, and Idemo. Ooh. I'm definitely starting Idemo. Did you see how he tricked his way in and out players? He beat four players at once. Out at the Connick Street side when oh, he came on. I loved it. It was magic. Idemo starting for me. 100%. He's getting 90 minutes as well. Danny on the bench, Tell on the bench. Enough to change a game. So, Manus, Gannon, Joey Carter, centre half. Green on the left, Max on the right. Gio, Gary O'Neill, Watson in the middle. Borky, Gaffney, and Idemo up top. Idemo will stretch these. The only thing is that they have a couple of good players. Your man Coyne in the middle. Very good player. Little diminutive, little, uh, great little player in the middle of the park. Breaks plays up and keeps our possession. Your man, I think we should probably, if Siddiqui is is playing, I'd target him. I'd get Oidemo clipping him around, getting free his left, right and centre, target him for penos. Um Adam Foley, of course, is going to be a threat. Uh, that country western singer in the middle of the park that has a long throw. He's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. Um, Webby's going to be there. You know, they have a good team, solid team, in form, most in form possible. There you go for you. Actually, there's a little, they're going to plant this seed in your head. Is this the most informed? Team Harps team we've ever played probably is probably is so that's what we're talking about so we're up against the prof we got a full bus prof I don't give me your team give me your prediction I'm going to go I'm going to go 2-1 win but we're going to go 1-0 down mm-hmm. I genuinely think we're going to go 1-0 down I'm going to go item out to get a goal and I'm going to say I'm going to say what's he to stroke home with Penno late on I don't think our stats matter for this one. I think the, we've won on our last eight trips to Body Buffet. I don't think that matters a damn here. Because they're in form. We are missing so many goddamn defenders for this match. It's it's crazy. I like your team because I'm also angry at uh, Danny Manjoy. Yeah, not talking to him. We interviewing uh, the players. We're like, so we're interviewing uh, Danny Mandrew and uh, Pico Lopez. So what have we got for that? No, I'm not talking to him. <laughs> no, I'm talking to Danny. Pico, we talked, not talking to Danny. <laughs> <laughs> so you've gone five at the back, have you? I've gone, yeah, I've gone my usual. Three, five, two. And that's with Max Murphy at right back. But what's the alternative to go four and change our change our formation? I think Max, well, you can't only, have that much of a stinker. I'm only going four because I'm not sure Cotter is going to debut so quickly. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy decision to put him in. But so if it's far the back, then I'm saying I don't want to play far the back. I'd rather play car. Put it that way instead of changing our formation. So if it's far, then I'm going to say tell in as well as Ooh. Watts. And so I, what are you going to do? You're going to yeah, no, front? I like Idemo. Yeah, I like Idemo. 
I'm going to agree with that one. It's very interesting prop to see what's going to happen here. I'm going to say the usual squeaky 1-0 win squeaky here. Squeaky 1-0. 87-minute winner. Scenes. Mitzi mm. on the pitch. <laughs> Barney in the press box. All sorts. <laughs> Barney in the press box. Yeah. Remember that? Max Murphy, of course, scored his first goal. Yeah, it? cut in on his right-hand side. Yeah. Very, very neat goal. Very nice. One thing I forgot to say earlier, Garrett, uh, about stats. It's not Robert's stats, it's a Dundalk stat. <laughs> It's my new current favourite stat in the world. Go on. And that is Pat Holben has scored six league goals for Dundalk this season. So he scored in six games, right? <laughs> Dundalk have lost five of those six games. In all, so he's just stick him on the bench. Don't have him starting. I don't know why I love that so much. I just... Because he's done Antal a few times where he's scored against us and we've beaten them. And yeah. I just, I enjoy it so much. Brilliant. Very, very enjoyable. So, Prof, what are you going, what are you going for? A squeaky 1-0 win. Yep. Yeah, so uh, we are back, Prof, in the four Profs. And yes, away days are back, Prof. We are back. We are back on the road. Four hours up. <coughs> eight hours back. Because that's the way it works on the way home. It's mayhem on the bus. Um, really, really looking forward to early points in the pub. Mm. Cans on the bus. Points in the pub in Donegal. Points in the ground cans the ground cans the way home bedlam looking forward to prof cannot wait away it is we are back yeah Donegal here we come I've um, I've been to Inchicore twice during this lockdown but like most people this is my first proper away game I'm counting this since March 2020 in Sligo so yeah can't wait for this increased attendance as well so anyone who doesn't have a ticket can't see it being too difficult. Yeah, you'd be okay. Go up in your drawers, tr- cars, tr- trains, planes, automobiles. Oh, um, get up there. Make sure you get mm. up there. Um, the uptake has been pretty good on tickets, so get yourself up there. We've already won an hour 54 seer. Um, get yourself up and watch the hoops away. No better trip. So, yeah, that is it for this week, Prof. Thanks for sponsors. Lens of credit. Thanks to the four pros for looking after social electrical. And that is it. So we will see you in Bally Buffet. See you on the bus. Uh, it's a great pleasure to see you. You're a gentleman. God, 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 God bless you. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was expecting that. <laughs> 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 you just turned it on. I was going to get you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> There was a few laughs and the genuine laughs in there as well. I was like, oh. I think it was when you said Belgium. It was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, well, we got one today. The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. The wheels on the bus go round and round, all through the town. Bus driver man.
Roger.